0: those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress.
1: Things are really changing. There are good people here. People across North
2: Carolina are proud of the fact that the Democratic Party chose to have a convention here.
3: Don't lose hope no matter what they say, because things are starting to
4: happen. But one thing about South Carolina you can always count on, we're always going to surprise you.
2: In fact, I've always been proud to be a Democrat.
4: We need to recognize that we have an
5: opportunity here in Georgia to take back this state and make it blue again. I think Texas is not only going to turn blue, it's just a question of when.
2: Now that will tell you that we have progressed.
0: Join us as we explore the Southern Progressive Revival. Well, my
5: name is not Jonathan Matthews, and it's certainly not Janet Lee. Um, my name is Kenny Pick, and I didn't want to start the program too late tonight for everybody. So uh, Joey Word, Nashville, Tennessee, is on with me right now as we await Janet to get her microphone issues sorted out. Joey, how how you doing tonight?
6: Good, good. How's everybody? How y'all doing?
5: Well, I'm still. I'm. I, I thought I was rebounding from my head cold yesterday. Not so much. So I'm. <laughs> I'm cranked up on Theraflu and. Uh, yeah, and all kinds of other goodness here. So um yeah, we're gonna uh hopefully we'll have everything sorted out here with Janet. So um yes. but yeah, so Jonathan uh is traveling as everybody knows right now, so um uh he will be back uh on Southern Progressive Revival quicker than the uh, the, uh, uh I guess the two shakes of a lamb's tail, something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so uh but yeah, so he'll be back. So Joey, how's your weekend been?
6: Uh it, it's been it's been it's been okay. I found out a little bad news today, you know, but I'm hanging in there though, you know, but everything's great so far.
5: All right, very good. What did you think of the debate? Now obviously that's on everybody's lips nowadays. Uh
6: it was it was finally it was finally to see some grown-ups.
5: <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was refreshing, what? Yeah. yeah, it was. It's a good it thing. Was
6: fine to see some grown-ups, man, you know, instead of uh a bunch of monkeys throwing your uh uh, 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 uh uh feces at each other.
5: Yeah, yeah. So although that does make for some quality uh reality TV, um, I, I, do, I do like it when the grownups uh have a conversation. So um, yeah. it looks like Janet is online. So we're gonna go ahead and try and add her uh add her to the group call again here. See if she had yep. she had any success uh, switching laptops. So, yes
2: I can hear you oh
5: yay everybody Uh-oh. your yay. host Uh-oh. your host for the <laughs> evening Janet well here let's <laughs> let everybody breathe a sigh of relief right now and I tell you what I'll do I'll go ahead and uh, run your jingle
0: Janet became a star literally overnight she had not gone
7: looking for fame fame had found her. <laughs> I know
8: that I cannot put up with a whole weekend of your archaic views. You
2: don't want to make me mad now, do you?
4: It is never too late to run away. Janet Lee on Southern Progressive Revival.
9: Well, I am a modern woman. I'm more afraid of her than I am, of you.
5: All right, Janet, show's all yours.
2: Oh, my gosh, I don't even want to tell you about the kind of day I've had. Router, crash computers, but that's beside the point. We have a wonderful show tonight, and um, yes, this is Janet Lee. Jonathan's on a great adventure, so I'm going to try to fill his shoes the best I can do with my issues that I'm having today. However, Joey's here from Nashville. Hey, Joey.
6: Hey, Janet. Hey, sweetheart. How you doing?
2: I'm better. At least I can get on here. I was all prepared to do the show, and then... One of the plugs went out when my computer crashed. Uh, so, well,
6: things happen. Things happen, you know. Big deal.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. Kenny, oh my gosh, you're my savior. So, anyway, we need to go to gentle folks and situations. It violates the essence
6: of, of what made America a great country in its political system. Uh, now it's just an oligarchy with uh, with unlimited political bribery being the essence of getting the nominations for pres- for president or to elected president, and the same thing applies to governors and U.S. senators and and Congress members. So now we've just seen a complete subversion of our political system
10: uh, as a payoff to major contributors who want and expect and sometimes get uh, favors for themselves after the election's over.
4: Gentle Folk, and Situations.
2: All right. This first story, I want you to bear with me. The first audio, you're going to wonder, why did I put this in here? But it does have a happy ending, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to listen to the first audio in just a second. It started with this birthday party, and it ended up, in a big huge mess so kenny would you play the birthday party incident audio
5: one uh you got or a
2: it. it's, it's yes. letter A.
5: you got it
3: a douglas full woman says she feared for her life when a group of people driving with confederate flags on their trucks threatened her and her family during a birthday party at her home but another woman in one of those trucks says they're the ones who had weapons drawn on them well, tonight there is video of the incident, and Nathalie Pozo from News Radio 106.7 has the story.
7: I'm fearful of my life. We was having a birthday party here. This is the incident that took place near Melissa Alford's Douglasville home. You can see several trucks with American, military, and Confederate flags on the back. Alfred claims the group made their way onto her property and threatened her during a birthday party she was throwing for her son. They were yelling. Uh, We're gonna kill the N-word, and I'm like, O-M-D. They start coming at us with guns, knives. But Kayla Norton, who was in one of the pickups, says the confrontation started after someone threw an object at one of the trucks, causing it to swerve and pop a tire. Norton says the driver pulled over in this grassy area off Chapel Hill Road. She says it's public property. When we got there, um, there was knives
2: pulled. Um, everyone was yelling. Um, there was tire irons um, being thrown around, and his truck was hit with
7: a tire iron several times. The Alfred family says no one threw anything at the truck, and they did not have any weapons on them. I'm not mad at these guys for what coming with their flash. I'm mad that they threatened our lives. Norton confirms there were guns inside of the trucks, but says no one ever took them out. One person said, oh, y'all, y'all wanna play that game. Y'all wanna
2: play with weapons. And then we informed that other group that we did have guns in our vehicle. And if need be, we could go get
7: them. In the video, you can see Douglasville police on the scene. They did arrest one person in one of the trucks on unrelated charges. They issued this statement to Fox 5. Officers on scene were given conflicting statements as to what led up to the confrontation. We do not have any evidence of any shots fired, nor were there any reports of a physical altercation taking place. The one thing everyone agrees no one was injured. And Douglasville police are currently reviewing video of the incident to see if any criminal activity occurred. In Douglasville, Nathalie Pozo, News Radio 1067 for Fox 5 News.
2: All right. Now what I want to say is this happened back in July. And the video that was being shown made it look like it was a he said she said. And Joey, have you heard anything about this?
6: Yeah, I I I've, I've seen uh the video and heard her some things about it. And uh what I got to say about it is you see they 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 sit here and and go online and put their little their little uh pictures up with with the confederate flag saying uh, 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 heritage, not hate. If that's not hate, what is it?
2: Yeah. And not only that, but did you hear her say, well, we have guns in the truck if uh, we need to use them? Yeah. Now, why would you even have that if you're just running around town acting like an idiot? They're
6: They're trying to intimidate them people, trying to intimidate black people. You know, you know, I live in Nashville. Exactly. You know, I live here in Nashville and I see that see them these you know, there's a whole lot of people with they pick up trucks with big confederate flags flying. You know, that's not you know, don't bother me none, but you can't intimidate me. You know. All right. You know, Absolutely. you know
2: You can't intimidate
6: me with the flag, you know. I don't give a damn. Long as you don't you come to me as a man and don't come to me as an idiot, we we cool, you know. Absolutely. But, but, you know, I see that every day, and, and, and you know, I, I haven't had no threats or nothing like that. But, you know, I just look and like, well, okay, cool.
2: All right. That's but, your thing. <laughs> yeah, and the reason it got on our gentle folks and situations, because this is our positive things in the South segment, Yeah, is because it just turns out, what do you know, Somebody else had some video recordings from their cell phone. So, Kenny, would you play B, Video B? You got it.
7: Oh, they're gone, so all stay here? No, I like, yeah, yeah, we're stay yeah here. I don't feel safe at all. Because there,
2: there is guns.
1: guns.
11: you all the car. i not to say oh, oh, not. Not. Honor, record,
7: record that, record that, please record I am, that. I got it,
11: I got it.
12: Oh yeah,
1: You
0: one. Bye. Have, good Bye. Have good Bye. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Have
7: a good day. Yeah, we see you too, baby. We see you too, baby. See, that's a threat. That's a threat. Stop that truck. That's a threat. That's a threat! That's a threat! That's a threat! No, that's
2: a threat! That's a threat! Uh-huh. Well, it just turns out, you can just hear the voices, the fear. You didn't get to see the video, I know, because this is radio. But what's happening is, they're on a corner on the left-hand side of the street. The truck come down the road. They make a right. And then they stop, they start to kind of back up, and then one of them pulls up onto the corner, and it's her property. But they're saying that was public property, but it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But the thing is, with that um, video that they do have, Monday. Fifteen of those Confederate battle flag people were indicted on terrorism charges in Douglas County, Georgia. About time. Yes. Apparently, they were... And one of the things, too, that's pretty funny, which really makes me mad in a way, is these people had asked the police to stay there because they didn't feel safe. They wanted to get their stuff together and get out of there, which really hacks me off, because that's her property. But they had an outside birthday party for a kid. I mean, give me a break. But anyway, there was apparently one of the cops did stay behind. And then they came back, and because of this other tape, I'm assuming the cop had to stand up and be a man, you know? Do his job. So... They were, the 15 were accused of making terroristic threats, violating an anti street gang ordinance during this, the 25th of July incident. The pickups clashed with a group of black people attending an outdoor party. They didn't clash with them, they went over there to be a jerk. They went over there to intimidate threaten. Them
0: people. Yeah. Yes. Intimidate yes. Them people.
2: And I the see. incident that got caught on the cell phone shows the men who are part of the this group called Respect the Flag, driving away from the scene. As police separate the partygoers from the retreating trucks, one person attending the party can be heard asking the police to stay because she doesn't feel safe. And then somebody else is saying, that's a threat. That's a threat made by one of the men in the truck. Now, I couldn't hear what the man said, but I don't really need to, you know. Yeah, I'm sure no it had something to do with their their penis measure. <laughs> Oops. Yes, probably, we can say penis in this house. That is he yes. Probably
6: a, he probably showed a gun or something. You know, you know, with the cops back turned. You know, probably showed the gun at him and, and they saw it. You know, ain't no telling what happened. I'm not gonna say he did because I didn't see it, but ain't no telling what happened. He probably could have done that.
2: Well, yeah, and the flag group were yelling racial slurs and displayed, get a load of this, a crowbar, a knife, and either a rifle or a shotgun, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, the civil rights group in Montgomery, Alabama, who were representing some of the accusers. But this is the part that just makes me feel like this was important to be on the good section. Because according to the Times, the Douglas County District Attorney, this is the New York Times that reported on this section, the District Attorney, his name is Brian Fortner, and he is a white Republican. We respect the rights of all citizens to exercise their First Amendment right, but we're going to require them, when doing so, to respect the rights of all citizens to feel safe and secure. Two of the 15 indicted, Joe Hood and Thomas Summers, were also indicted on unrelated counts of battery stemming from an earlier episode at a gas station called the Corn Crib. Those two, Fortner said, their accusers were white, but he didn't comment further. So in other words, these guys are just assholes, period. Yeah. And terrorists, you know. (laughs) And then in another article from um, Douglasville, the district attorney said that he won indictments against all 15 of these guys, accusing them of violating the state's anti-street gang statute during a confrontation with the black partygoers in July. The prosecutors say that the members of the group that call it self Respect the Flag threatened the group of blacks attending the outdoor birthday party, and a cell phone, you know, showed what was going on. So, <clears throat> this white Republican, the one that indicted him, was elected to office in 2014. Faulkner, whose county has been transitioning from predominantly white with an 8% um, African American population, to now it is 54, 46, something like that. It's pretty much half and half now. they have had that that statute on the books for almost 2 decades but they've never used it and it was written broadly for any kind of activity that occurs with a group that's organized that commits a crime so the people there were the oh you know the attorney the defense attorney that mm-hmm. is going to be defending these guys she had taken it to court, it went up to Georgia Supreme Court, because she thought it was overbroad, and it meant rappers could go to jail. And so she was fighting it, but the Georgia Supreme Court turned it down. And they said that it was legal, and so it's still on the books. So um, it said that Georgia's been a, a state, which this I think is pretty funny. A state in crisis been been caused by violent criminal street gangs whose members threaten, terrorize, and commit multitudes of crimes. So you knew who they were putting it toward when they first yeah, did that,
0: it. Yeah, that but lot it turned strong,
2: around and bought yeah. bought their bite their ass now. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love it.
6: So how much how um, much do you want to bet that Fox News and right wing or hate radio will support these guys?
2: Oh, and I'll bet you anything they don't show the rest of it. They don't show that second video. What do you bet? <laughs>
3: Thank God for Fox News.
2: <laughs> Fox and Fiends, as Jonathan says.
5: <laughs> well, I do have something for the outcome of this whole story that fits right in on Southern Progressive Revival.
6: In
3: Jesus' name, boogity, 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 amen.
2: Yeah. What?
6: Isn't this I'm glad cool? That I'm glad that happened. Glad they prosecuted them clowns.
2: Oh, I am so excited. And yeah. um, I'm going
6: to keep an eye on this story. And Real close Ronald
2: story. Carson, Carlson, he's a law professor at the University of Georgia, said that Georgia's law was generally in line with other state anti-gang um, gang statutes. And he expected the lawyers for the defendants to file motions to dismiss the counts. And... Um, that it was a stretch to call these members a gang. But Morris Dees, I think everybody's hero, from the Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh, yeah. 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 And if you're going to want to make some donations, that's your boy. I mean, I've been supporting him for years. Um, and if you're a teacher, they will send you teaching tolerance information and materials. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm moving on. That's all right.
5: It's almost break break time, so do we want to do that and then uh, get to the next stories?
2: Okay, I'll hurry up and finish this. Sure. Okay, he said that he didn't ever recall seeing an anti-gang statute used against this kind of a group. He said he he thought it was a great use, and he didn't know why it hadn't been used before. And Fortner has been arrested... Um, said that some of the men involved had been arrested before. And the guy, one of the guys in there said in a phone interview that the party growers were causing the trouble as they went by. They just drove by, and they were throwing rocks at his truck. No mention of busted tires, by the way. Mr. Bush, in a brief phone interview, Bush, can you believe that, said, I speak for me and everybody else. We're not guilty of these charges, but he wouldn't talk about it any further than that. And then two other people also got indicted for battery stemming from the episode at the gas station. So Mrs. Alford said that um, she said if you're gonna come after our kids and calling them gangs, then if other people are out here doing foolishness, they need to get charged. I agree. Yeah. Right on. I, I thought that was a nice story for gentle folks in situations. I didn't mean to talk so much.
5: (laughs) Hey, you're the host. You're supposed to.
2: Oh, that's right. That's right. I am tonight. (laughs) Even though I've had a very rotten, awful, no good day.
5: (laughs) Uh, It gets better. Don't worry. So, all right. You ready to, to go to break then? You betcha. All right, I picked out a song that I thought would be appropriate for Southern Progressive Revival. Buggy Whip by Honor Among Thieves, lyrics penned by uh everybody's favorite PS
4: Mueller. So Sounds great. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
2: We're the people you see every day in the grocery stores. We obey the laws, we pay our taxes, we fly our flags on holidays. And we plod along trying to make it better for ourselves and our children.
4: Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
13: Who's cat bungee falling all the way to real estate in China Silicone rat bait like I want a train wreck Tantamount Pyramid and maybe you're a climber Tantamount Pyramid and maybe you're a climber Tantamount Pyramid maybe you're a climber Tantamount Pyramid and maybe, maybe you're a climber I'm useful as a buggy whip I'm good as any buggy whip I'm useful as a buggy whip And you, you, you are the two Useful as a fucking way
5: are you ready for the fastest hour in radio listen every thursday from 9 to 10 p.m eastern to paul's memory bank exclusively on indie media weekly dj paul will serve up a mix of classic rock pop and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme be sure to sign up in the paul's memory bank chat simply go to indiemediaweekly.com, select the live tab and scroll down to paul's memory bank paul's memory bank live every thursday from 9 to 10 p.m eastern only on indie media weekly Hey, this is Brad Friedman from BradBlog.com and The Bradcast, heard right here on Indie Media Weekly. Thanks for supporting truly independent media
3: right here on Indie Media Weekly for those who dare. Come walk with me, Michael S. through the broken doorway.
7: 11 a.m. Saturdays and Wednesdays, and only on IndieMediaWeekly.com. <coughs>
0: Hi, this is Jonathan Matthews from Southern Progressive Revival, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly for those who care.
4: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
1: And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country, so we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states.
4: Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Welcome back, and your host Janet Lee. Hey everybody!
2: Hey everybody to the listening. Thank you very much. <clears throat> and we, did you have anything to say else to say about the partygoers, or do we go on to science?
5: That is entirely your call. I, I think I'm good. I think the, the, the you, you covered it quite well.
2: All right. Joey.
5: You back, Joey? Jelly? Uh-oh, he might be muted. Okay.
2: Sorry
6: about that. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. All
2: right. Let's go on to but audio.
6: I'm going to keep an eye on this story, though. I'm keeping a big good eye on it.
2: Good deal. Good, because you'll probably hear more than I will. All right, audio C. Graham, Lindsey Graham oh. on
10: science.
5: All right, uh, I can't wait for this.
10: Do <laughs> here believe climate change is real? I do too. So trade off for those of you who believe climate change is real. You're going to have to deal with a guy like me who will push a lower carbon economy over time in a business-friendly way. The great trade-off is energy producers and environmentalists in a room trying to find over a 50-year period a way to go to a lower carbon economy in the meantime, responsibly exploring for fossil fuels that we own and trying to create alternative energy in every sector of the economy. It is, to me, folks, a problem needs to be solved, not a religion. So our peop- to my friends on the left who are making this a religion, you're making a mistake. To my friends on the right who deny the science, tell me why. I'm not a scientist. I made a D in science. You know why? Because she'd never given an F. <laughs> so, but I've been to the Antarctic. I've been to Greenland. I've been to Alaska, and I've heard from people who live in these regions how the climate is changing. And when 90% of climatologists tell you it's real, who am I to tell them they don't know what they're talking about?
2: Hmm. All right. I know you're wondering. Yeah. Why did I put (laughs) this here? Hmm. Well, number one, when you admit you're wrong, You know, or when you're on the right side, let's say that, all right? If you're on the right side, you get kudos. Although I'm not really sure what he's talking about business-friendly solutions to the problem means. And if I remember right, this jackwad was anti-science. Oh, I don't know, before he started running for office?
5: Well, I think uh, Drill Baby Drill sums up what his business uh, solutions are. Um, yeah,
2: that's kind of what I'm thinking, but.
5: I, I kind of took offense to the fact that he said that people on the left are making a religion out of climate change, which really is offensive to me.
2: Well, yeah, we want to live. And it's not a religion. I mean, and then, as an atheist, that what's was me.
6: To... What's wrong with wanting to live? Exactly. And
5: surviving our kids, and our kids surviving, you know. Well, what's wrong with that? That's just crazy talk. <laughs>
2: and it's not a religion. Yeah. I mean, religion is whatever it is to people. But so I put it in here just because he had the chutzpah. I think he just knows he has nothing to lose at this point. You know, to get up and say um, there is a problem and we need to solve it. I take away points for the business-friendly and for us making it into a religion. We're not the ones making it into a religion and saying, God just invented the earth, whatever whatever they're saying it is now. I don't know. 6,000 years ago and dinosaurs and don't exist because they weren't there with the, I don't know. Who knows? So... <laughs> The,
5: the Flintstone, the, yeah, that. the the Flintstones worldview, I think, is what you're trying to talk about.
2: Thank you. I knew there was something yeah. in the back of my brain that was just kind of swirling. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we got to go on to the next story. <clears throat> and this one, I hesitated. It is a good story, <clears throat> but I also have really. A soft spot for the kid that's in trouble, but I don't really. Mm-hmm. So, here we go.
5: So, cut D?
2: This one doesn't have an audio. Oh, okay. So, there's no audio, there unfortunately. No problem. Because it involves a 15-year-old boy named Paul Homer, who was a swatter who got swatted back. He... um broke down in tears after the judge gave this man, found him guilty on two counts of domestic terrorism, and he was sentenced 25 years to life in the federal pen. He's 15, 25 years, so that makes him 40. However, he is the first person in history to be charged with what's known as swatting. It's a growing trend in which a person anonymously files a false police report, like a murder or a bomb threat, and they hope to provoke the police to raid an individual home or business. Prosecutors in this case prove Homer called in multiple false threats against rival online gamers, including resulting in SWAT team raids on their residents. Oh, yeah. Swatting is a new fad among gamers, targeting those who live stream. Broadcasting themselves and their game live over the internet to fans and in-game rivals. If a gamer is able to ascertain the personal information of a rival by locating their IP and residential address, they'll call in a dangerous threat to law enforcement and watch as live stream, live stream, on live stream as a house is entered by the police. Had you you've heard about this, huh, Kenny?
5: Uh, yeah, I believe John Kendall uh, reported on this on uh, Mike Check Radio uh, <laughs> earlier this year. Um, and I was stunned to hear about this this evil practice. To, you know, seriously, to have a SWAT team come wreck somebody's house and, and haul haul somebody's ass off to jail while they're just trying to live their life? That's insane. Uh, they
6: did a, a, a rapper that way. Uh, that rapper... Uh... Little Wayne, they swatted his house.
2: Wow. Oh, and John Kendall in chat is saying a woman played Minecraft and somebody said there was a shooting. Um, and in this case, Homer, who goes as badass dog 69, was upset after being repeatedly beaten by a fellow gamer at Battlefield 4. And I'm assuming that's a game. Yeah. After obtaining the rival gamer's information, they say he called the police, reporting a murder hostage situation at the home. SWAT team raided the house, shooting and critically injuring the live streamer's father in the process. Following the investigation, Homer was charged as as an adult, using provisions of the 2001 Patriot Act. Homer's guilty charge stems from two counts of domestic terrorism, terrorism, related to his manipulation of enforcement response and injuries to innocence resulting from those actions. And prosecutors played the audio of his 911 call to the jury. Yeah. What he said was, I just shot and killed four people. If police enter my home, I'll kill them too, the statement read. During the closing arguments, the prosecuting attorney said the state's assessment of Homer to the jury, there was no victim or any evidence that shooting had taken place. His actions are pure evil. He's a menace to society and must be prosecuted to the fullest extent. And they described him as a brash, hardcore persona while online. But during the trial, he kept breaking down in sobbing fits of hysteria and calls to his mom. Good. And, yeah. (laughs) And at that point uh, Arthur Digsby had to have him removed. Now this this was down in Louisiana, by the way. I don't know if I stated what state this is from. Mm-hmm. Hearing the sentence of twenty five years, Homer began sobbing. Digsby told Homer he did feel bad for him, but he was responsible for his own actions. Ignorance of consequence because of lack of thought absolves no one, the judge told Homer. Thinking your actions only a prank didn't make them a prank just because you thought they were a prank. And then they went on and they were telling, they listed, there was a SWAT team member that got killed in Texas this year. And uh, another team member was injured um, when they went to do a no knock warrant. And um, some innocent guy, they didn't know what was going on, took his shotgun and just reached up and shot, and here it was one of these SWAT people. Digsby said, <clears throat> the judge, leave your petty pride in the realm of digital fantasy where it is still safe, because, as a young Mr. Homer has learned, actions in the real world don't have a reset button, and every parent should make sure their children understand that.
5: Oh, uh, and he'll be 40 years old when he gets out of the pokey.
2: Woo! Yeah, yeah. And they they said that he was, you know, at the beginning just, oh, Mister Tuffy, Mister Tough Guy.
5: Well, what was his username like, Bad Dog?
2: Badass Dog. Bad-a- Sixty
5: nine. Oh, I yeah, bet he was a real badass dog when he was weeping for his mama there, uh, Joey. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably weeping now. Oh yeah. With, with, with big, oh my God, you should have seen Big, big Bubbles beside
6: uh, him hugging him. Oh, it'll be all right, <laughs> <Hey>, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't have done that. That was that was that was that was not uncalled for. You know, I you know I'm a, I'm a gamer myself, and I play a lot of Grand Theft Auto Five. And you know it's some it's some crap talking kids on there. You know I don't pay mm-hmm. them no never mind. What I do is I I find their name and then I block them. Yeah. Simple as that. I'm not gonna sit there and argue with a bunch of children. I'm there to play that game. You know, and have some fun.
5: Yeah, you're not a Republican.
6: so you know he 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 really took that serious and and done that to them people i think he do deserve what he got you know i'm sorry to say but i think he deserved what he got
2: oh i do too you know i mean i do feel bad for him i'm not gonna lie
6: i do do feel kind of bad for him because he's 15 years old but yeah know you don't take them video games serious you know seriously like that
2: that's true i
5: i have no no pity for him
2: yeah i i I could see what you're saying i mean i really do but it's like 15 year olds
5: but yeah you know the kids today—they got a lot of power. They—they they got a lot of power to make stupid mistakes with the, you know, the in the information age. And um, he should have known better.
2: That's true. That's true. I mean, and he did cause somebody to get hurt. So it wasn't like, um, you know, this person didn't die. Mm-hmm. But it did, they do say critically injured. So I'm assuming that means. It was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad injury. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so there was a couple of, you know, places where people have actually died. But he's the first one that was sentenced under this or even brought to court using um, what they used to get him on the, you know, that, that. I forgot.
0: Patriot well, Act. Maybe,
6: well, maybe this right here was send a message to some of them gamers out there to pull some crap like this. Or try to pull some crap like mm-hmm. this. Or anyone to pull their crap. Not just gamers. Anyone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you hate to say you hate to see it like as a former teacher, I keep thinking you know, 15 I've seen some kids that thought they were pretty pretty rough and every time they get in trouble of course it's not causing someone to get hurt yeah but um i don't know we still have a couple of seconds here
5: yeah we got about uh eight nine minutes here
2: all right so i think what i'm going to do is pull one out and gander but we aren't going to I think I'm going to do the no fact-checking Popeyes, because we've talked about this story before. And this is Mr. Old Ben, and I think this is so funny, I mean, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I do, what, I just can't help it.
5: it. Would you like this to be gander at soapbox?
2: Well, I guess we could go ahead and start, can't
4: All we? All right. Gander at the Soapbox.
2: Gosh darn it, who diddly I'm conservative?
10: What do you have a higher opinion of, Congress or dog poop? I think the report's full of crap.
1: My goodness, I didn't know solid waste management was so controversial.
10: We'll have more
3: of everything. We were discussing disease, we were discussing all sorts of things tonight. You know, I apologize, we left the helicopter at home. You know, I I don't have to defend
14: everything that I've ever done. Isn't that the Tea Party in a nutshell?
5: Republican on Republican violence. There isn't a Republican
14: I humbly ask for your vote whenever you're going to get to vote, whenever the primary is.
5: So in love with you. There you go.
1: (laughs) I just love (laughs) that. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) All right, this is about
2: Dr. Ban. Dr. Ben is just such a brave, brave man. Um, he has blamed the victims for the Imparquois the M- college shootings, and if he was there, you know, he thought that everybody should just cooperate and run after him and, and say, you know, hey, guys, everybody attack him. He may shoot me, but he can't get us all. Which, of course, means he'd go hide in the corner somewhere. We know that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the story says, give the guy a mask. This is out of, if you only knew, um, news. Give the guy a mask. He's the Lone Ranger. But it gets worse. And because of all of that, Ben says that he went to, which we've talked about, went to Popeye's. And somebody... We entered the restaurant and they put a gun to his his him, and he said, "I think you want the guy behind the cashier." Remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he admitted yeah. telling the gunman to point the gun at someone else. Turn in your Lone Ranger mask, man. Captain
5: Courageous. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> even <laughs> even if the Coward. story was true, <laughs> admitting to such a cowardly act does not a president make. But for those old enough to remember, Carson's action bring to mind the cowardly, sniveling Dr. Smith in Lost in Space, hiding behind the women and children (laughs) to protect himself from whatever alien was attacking. That cracked me up, because I do remember that story. Yes, I am old enough. But the interesting part, they're saying the story's not true. The story is not true. The Daily Beast did a little fact-checking. Carson Williams, in other words, Armstrong Williams, Ben's business manager and advisor, stated that Ben had indeed told him that same story, and the story was even included in Ben's book, Take the Risk. Wrong again. There's no mention of a robbery at Popeyes in Take the Risk. Greg Lewis, co-author of the said book, said he and Carson never ever discussed any robbery taking place while writing on three different autobiographies with the Republican candidate. In fact, based on the information that Ben Carson mentioned, there's not even enough information to identify a police report in reference to the incident. Ben Carson, neurosurgeon, Republican presidential candidate, is a coward and a big liar. Although, I do want to say this again, Armstrong Williams, when he was on um, the show that I heard, claimed this was true and that he and his wife Candy then asked where the French fries were when he heard her tell the story. Is that incredible? Wow. I mean, I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me?
5: Yeah. That's some pretty rough stuff. I mean, Joey, we know Ben Carson is pretty useless but wow this is um uh, reaches new heights
2: I, I just I can't believe number one what person says go shoot such and such a person you know don't come after me and then um, let's see is that who is that turning it on and then they turn around and you know Says to somebody behind the cashier, and then goes home. And the wife says, "Where's the French fries?" What a cutesy little story.
5: That's really, that's that's rough. That's
2: just nuts. But, oh. Anyway, I I thought that was rather. Um, <clears throat>
5: yeah, yeah, Joey, you want to chime in on uh, Ben Carson there? Did you mute?
2: Oh, I don't even see him on Skype. Oh. That must be the sound I was hearing.
5: Oh, okay. Well, I will remedy that real quick. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the night of technical difficulties on Indie Media.
2: I know. I just, oh, God.
5: All right. You back, Joey?
2: <laughs> Joey, uh, unmute.
5: Uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll work on. Um, Oh, there is a problem with this call, Skype says. That's fascinating. So, oh, Joey, you there? I thought I heard him. Maybe not. Says he lost his signal. So, Um, well, anyway, why don't you, I'll work on this. Tell us who's on the program with us tonight.
2: Okay, we have, for Damn Yankee, we are going to talk to John Arthur Kendall. And I wanted him to come on and talk to us as... The Montana Man, and he's going to talk about the environment and animals, and things that people do in Montana.
5: All right, very good. And uh, yeah, Joey says he can't hear, so we'll we'll try this one more time.
2: Hey, so it's maybe not just me.
5: I don't know. So well, we shall see. So, uh, but yeah, and of course, just remind me when we need to get everybody on, and I'll do that. So, um, okay. But shall we just run to the break and we'll just try and get joey on for the next segment all right yes all right we'll be right back after this uh with more southern progressive revival and your substitute host tonight janet lee
4: so here we go you're listening to southern progressive revival
0: we have been the instrument of change in the past We know what needs to be done. We know how to do it. We know that we can impact policies which affect education, human rights, civil rights, economic and social opportunity.
4: Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
1: Thanks for listening to
0: Indy Media Weekly Radio, your source on the interwebs for progressive talk, news, innovative shows, and rock and roll. You can find us on the Twitters at Indie Media Week and on Facebook at Indie Media Weekly. Head over to IndieMediaWeekly.com and you can check out the schedule of all our fine programming at Indie Media Weekly. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress.
2: Things are really changing. There are good people here. People across North Carolina are proud of the fact that the Democratic Party chose to have a convention here.
3: Don't lose hope no matter what they say, because things are starting
4: to happen. But one thing about South Carolina you can always count on, we're always going to surprise you.
2: In fact, I've always been proud to be a Democrat.
4: We need to recognize that we
5: have an opportunity here in Georgia to take back this state and make it blue again. I think
3: Texas is not only going to turn blue; it's just a question of when.
2: Now that will tell
0: you that we have progressed. Join us as we explore the Southern Progressive Revival. And
5: hey, welcome back, and your co-host, your su- substitute host tonight is Janet Lee. Hi, Janet.
2: Hi, and Joey is. I heard him. They were. I see him coming on, and Adam is here. Ah, okay. And John should be um, about ready to get on.
5: All right, Joey, you back? You there, Joey?
2: There's Adam.
5: All right, we're getting Adam uh, Hebert on, of course. Adam, you there?
2: Uh, yes, I am.
5: All right, this Skype call is not not our friend tonight. Yes.
12: Yeah, I, I just want to say that I don't know if Jonathan told you, Janet, but while he's away, you're also responsible for kind of paychecks, and uh, <laughs> mine was, sh- was short a few zeros. Oh, okay. All righty. I'll, I'll Did, keep uh, that in mind. Yeah, thank you. All right. so what? He for, forgot. What, wait, are we not on the air? Yeah, we're on the air. I believe oh, we're okay. on the air. Yeah. I just, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just a little discombobulated right now.
5: No problem. I think you're we all are. You're
12: not the only one.
5: Joey, are you back?
2: He was on. Adam accidentally called, or he called on Southern Progressive, and Joey was over there.
5: Huh.
12: Well, I I assume it was the same call as usual. Well,
5: yeah, we shall see. But, okay. Well, Joey still can't hear. Uh, so there seems to be an issue. I'm I'm gonna say I think Joey needs to reboot Skype, and we'll try and get him back on. Um, my apologies uh, for all the technical issues. I have no idea what's going on. But, um, should we torture Adam a little bit and play his jingle real quick? Yes, of course. Oh, here you go, Adam. Adam Hebert, a true southerner. You want a piece of this? He's a lunatic, I'm telling you.
3: Because you are absolutely, unconditionally, positively the most stubborn person I've ever known in my life.
5: Adam Hebert, a southern denialist.
7: Forget about it, please. Of course, I'm just visiting
5: here. He's crazy.
2: There's no telling what he might do.
5: Adam Hebert from wherever on Southern Progressive Revival. There you go, Adam. All right. So, just a quick check. Uh, Joey, are you there? Okay.
2: I think he went to reboot. Reboot. (laughs) <laughs> all
5: right well get uh i'll shut up and let you guys get to business here or do we need to add uh we need
2: to add jonathan because okay. or john arthur because this is our family
5: me. okay uh so uh let me go ahead and get him on and we'll uh jingle him up momentarily mr kendall are you there Hello, Mr. I, just want,
12: I just want to add okay. the record that I've never heard of this John Kendall guy before. Oh, no. <laughs>
11: Pshaw.
5: Hi, I John. I definitely
11: didn't
12: go to college with him for two years.
5: Oh, okay.
11: And you definitely were not entertained in any boring class we had together. <laughs> Are you not entertained?
5: <laughs> well, uh, Janet. Not by
11: Charles Exley.
5: Should, should I do this upright, Janet?
11: You betcha.
12: You've
5: right.
4: got it. Where do you come from? Damn Yankee.
7: Of course, I'm just visiting here.
4: Why don't you just tell me your
0: side of the story? Your <laughs> Yankee friend is waiting for you in the bar. Oh.
2: There you go. All right. Yee-haw. John, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yep. You and I... <clears throat> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But one of the reasons that I thought about this, um, because I know you're kind of big into nerd stuff, and we don't do that on this show, but I was very fascinated by um, our texting that you and I did back and forth, and it gave me an idea that I wanted you to talk about Montana and the things that you've seen change over the years with, I know you're young, but Um, Have you noticed fracking? Have you noticed damage to the environment? Is there less animal activity, more animal activity? And then I would like eventually for you to get into the idiot tourists that go up there and do stupid stuff with animals.
11: (laughs) Okay, um, There's, from what I've seen... There's not much fracking here in montana um I could be mistaken i'm I don't really keep up on um the fracking shenanigans if that's how you want to put it um, my brother was an oil field worker and he had he left the state and went to Colorado, after high school, um, like I said Montana really doesn't have the oil industry um with fracking that I have seen in larger scales like um in Colorado and the Bakken in um North Dakota mm. so um yeah, in the chat, Rob said that uh coal is big in Montana. Yeah. Um, coal is big. We do have refineries. Um, we have one in great falls. Um, we have one, I think in billings. Um, we have, um, we have usually it comes in by rail.
2: So, Mm. um, well, what about, Go ahead. Okay, so you don't know about, like, the coal ash or some of that kind of stuff. What about the, um, I mean, you might, but what about also, to the trees, the logging and stuff?
11: Oh, man, that's, see, that's where I kind of excel, because I, I grew up in a little town called Drummond, and it's, um, 50 miles away east of Missoula, where I live right now. Um... That, the town is, is more timber dollars than any other industry right now. Um, it, uh, my dad worked in a sawmill. Um, we don't have any sawmills there anymore. It's all, um, in a smaller town called, or that's um, named Hall, which is kind of funny to me anyway. But um around see there's kind of like a split between those that feel like sometimes logging may be necessary mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, your quote unquote, you know, liberal tree huggers, you know, like out there not allowing logging. See my you know, since I grew up in, you know, that area where, you know, people our dedicated loggers and stuff, you know. You know, honestly, I think that if if it's a way to kind of cut down on the fires which, you know, on a scale, there's like California being the worst, we're like one level below because, hmm. you know, we burn every summer. Um but, you know, I I just kind of would love to see them um kind of thin down the beetle kill trees. Ah, what, it, what it is, is that? Um, beetle kill is there's a beetle in Montana that, um, will, um, eat into the trees and just suck all the nutrients out and basically kill the tree. Cause it rots it from the inside. And, you know, with your dry wood, it's basically just lighting a match. Wow. So, um, you know, with um, with your greener wood, it takes, which is a healthy tree. You know, it um, since it has so much water content, it does take a while for it to burn. But if you know, we were to thin out the drier trees, I th- I believe, and you know, this may be just not my naive my naive nature. But I would, you know, it would kind of cut down on the fire-burning
2: season.
5: Uh, just real quick, I wanted to let everybody know Joey's back on the call with us.
2: Oh, cool. Joey, do you have any questions?
5: Uh,
6: no, not right now. I'm just listening right now, but I may have something in a bit.
2: Okay, do you have anything on um, the environment, the stuff that he's talking about, um, Adam? Well, I,
12: I, I know that, uh, you know, uh, there was the uh, beetle problem with certain trees. Um, in fact, as I recall, there was a, wasn't was there a famous tree on campus that we lost the beetles, John?
11: Yeah. Um, every every now and then, you know, the beetles will move, you know, where the trees are. And, you know, um, there are trees on campus that... You know, have been there for a hundred years, but with the beetles coming in, you know it it puts a damper on you know what makes the University of Montana campus so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like I said, just with the Beetle Kill trees, you know, it's it's kind of really obvious as to what they look like. They 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 look dead.
2: Oh. Okay. Uh, so, so do, it's not... do they
6: like fall over or anything? You
2: know, uh, you know. No. Um, they,
11: from the ones that I've seen, um, it's rare for them without an outside force, like, you know, um, pushing on them. You know, if you push on them, you know, really hard, obviously they'll fall over. Oh, so, okay. um, most of the time they're standing, which. You know, when fire season comes up, um, the fire will sweep below, and then with the dry trees, it'll just shoot right up.
6: Oh, man. Mm. Yeah.
11: Um, Wow. Yeah, like I said, um, on a scale of, you know, California to, you know, an area that doesn't have many fires, um, Montana since 2000 um, so the last fifteen years, every summer, we've had a really bad fire season.
2: Now, do you live by the the where the fires are or? um
11: yeah, missoula like we um where me and my sister live, you know we're um we have a hill backdrop, but you know we're kind it's kind of in a valley, so mm. the smoke will move in and settle. And just be here, um, this summer it was here for like two weeks. It just settled and it was like thick and just basically, you know, the old cliche of you could cut it with a knife.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh,
11: wow. Um, Glacier, this year, the big spots were, um, up by Glacier National Park. There was a fire that swept out, I want to say... Over maybe well definitely over two thousand acres,
2: oh my gosh,
11: yeah, and that's let's see it's two hours from Missoula, oh
2: um, well, going what, west, so what about water are you all do you, are do you have a are you into a drought like some of the west like California and to the west i um, through, like, it? go ahead, Janet. No, I was going to say, or is it kind of a normal wet-dry this year? Um, we
11: kind of, like, our winter of 2014 wasn't really, it really wasn't wet. So, um, I've read online through, like, different news articles that, Montana could be droughted by 2025. Mm -hmm. But, um, I really, like I said, I've only seen a couple articles that have said that, um, that, um, environmentalists in Montana have said, hey, you know, like, this, we're in, we're kind of in, like, a danger zone.
12: Okay. Okay.
11: <laughs> waka waka. But anyways, like um, you know, we could be hit with a drought or, you know, we could pull out of it. It depends on our winters and um usually winters in Montana can get really harsh. Yeah. Um I mean just ask Adam like, you know, our winters are you know, some of the most frigid winters mm-hmm. in the country. Yep.
2: Do you get a lot of snow? Yeah.
11: yeah. Yes. Or- like I said, yes and no. Um, in um, in 1996 and my f- sophomore year of high school, we had a really bad winter season. And um, in my sophomore year of high school, our winter season actually extended to June. Like we had to um, cancel driver's ed because there was snow in June.
2: You gotta be kidding me.
11: No, it, and you know, it, it, um, Montana is really weird like that. I mean, the saying is don't like the, um, weather in Montana. Wait five minutes.
2: Yeah.
12: They well, say that I, about. Go on, Adam. I was going to say, I mean, I, when I went to Lolo Hot Springs with uh, the Japanese Student Association, of the University of Montana, uh, it was in, uh, in uh, mid April, and uh, there was still snow on the ground. So. Uh, ooh, ooh,
2: ooh. I used to go every summer up into that area, and. Um, Wyoming and Montana, I just love it, South Dakota, up in the hills, and um, I just wondered how much it had changed, and I know after that earthquake up in Wyoming, it had really has changed a lot of stuff, because it took out a whole bunch of logs, and then they've had mudslides, and I was just wondering if you were having that, too, and before we get going any further on that, animals, I want to know what you're seeing? Are you seeing an increased population staying the same or decreasing specifically bears and deer? We have deers going up the yin-yang down here. That's um, been a real productive year for them. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Um, We've had a lot of um bear
11: just like running around, like last week, there was a bear that was just walking through Bozeman High School, like he owned the place.
2: I think that is so funny. I mean, it's yeah. not funny, but it is funny.
11: Um, here in Missoula, there's been within the last month, there's been, I want to say, five or more like bear out in the public. Um, it's because the food supply for them since you know the winter really wasn't good to us um you uh, know they're it's kind of tricked their bodies to be in to not go into hibernation wow. um with the deer I I really haven't seen any difference um, where we, where uh, my sister and I live, um, with our hill backdrop, like every morning we'll see deer walking back and forth, you know, and um, up where I lived in Drummond, we lived a quarter mile out of town, out of Drummond itself. So we, um, there were deer, you know, everywhere. Um, the The main problem now seems to be, um, you know, there's there's the two kinds of group groupings in montana there's the um there's the ones that say oh well you know like elk and stuff are disappearing because of the wolves but then um they're not they just it's basically you know the kill every single wolf they see crowd and it's it's highly annoying you know is somebody that you know, actually hunts, and you know, you have the people that, you know, haven't really hunted, except for you know your trophy hunters. Be like, yeah, you know, going to kill this wolf, and you know, they don't. They see the science behind it, and they still dismiss it.
2: Wow, I didn't um, even think about wolves up there.
11: Hey, you guys, yeah, go
2: on. I'm. We it's, talked almost five I one think, to think about it. We need wolves, huh? Yeah. We
6: need wolves.
11: Oh, yeah, yeah. And another complaint that the, like, kill them all you know, um, group brings is that, you know, these aren't native wolves. Well, they don't realize that um, some species that we have in Montana aren't native. So, um, they just, you know, it's their basic, like, hate boner for anything that you know they think is a menace oh my god
2: um
11: and yeah Francie I uh I totally agree with you trophy hunting is um is awful as a montana hunter that you know um with they can't go to a grocery store every 10 minutes you know to get food you know it's it's a food source for us you know we don't you can't eat the antlers.
2: Yeah. yeah. And down and it, here, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to say this and then you go for it, Joey. Yeah. But here, or Adam, where I live, many, many families live on the deer they get. I mean, it's desperate time if you don't get one. You know, and they try to get their limits. So, um, it's, it's, they get their fish, you know, out get their loads and then they get their deer and so I understand what you're saying I mean as long as people are eating what they take I don't have a problem with it
11: yeah and you know trophy hunting you know like I said it's vile I mean you it's it's like it's basically you know the biggest penis contest like oh hey you know i got this elk with like 40 points on it you know look at this and you know it's basically a bragging point
6: and here around nashville around the rural areas around where i live you know the hunters i know they hunt for food not trophies
2: yeah so, yeah that's,
6: that's, if they find a buck yeah they're gonna use the buck as food but
11: they also want
6: some of them like to keep the head because the antlers.
11: Yeah, and see, you know, I don't, I don't have an issue with that either because you know, as long as they're hunting for food, I mean, you know, the antlers, you know, are an extra bonus. But you know, it's not like going out into the field and like, oh, hey, you know, that deer over there has, you know, the best antlers I've seen. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um. Now-
2: yeah, we go have ahead, like Tammy. two or three minutes, so I want you to tell people when they go to Montana or Wyoming, what should they not do with the animals? What kind of interactions have? I mean, I know you have some stories because I've I've heard them on Mike Check Radio with Adam. Yeah, you know about people getting killed.
11: Yeah. Um. Okay. You know, they're. It's okay to come to Montana for tourism, but don't take a selfie with a bison that's, you know, three feet away from you. Um, If you haven't seen a bison, they are basically a 2,000-pound wrecking ball of flesh and muscle, and they'll mess you up. I mean... And it goes for elk too. Um, over the summer, there were five accounts of people getting mauled by wildlife, and it's it's a silly practice. You know, it's like I said, it it's just going back to being the most braggadocious because you're sitting, you're standing there taking a selfie with something that can kill you.
2: So, were most of them because of
11: selfies? Um, yes, and like um, you know, like I said, tourists are okay in Montana. We we love your tourist dollars. We have a we have a surplus thanks to tourist dollars. But you know, if you come in, you know, with your with a selfie stick, which I think are silly anyway, and you know, stand three feet away from. You know this wrecking ball. I mean, you know it's simple—simple simple Murphy's law in action. You know, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Oh.
2: Joey, do you have anything?
6: Uh, no. All right. That's all the questions I had <laughs> and, <laughs> and comments.
12: <laughs> Adam? No, I. I mean. You know, people want to think of bison as these docile animals, and for the most part they are, but they're still wild animals, you know. And, you know, I know it's in bad taste to laugh when someone gets hurt because they're stupid, but at the same time, they brought it on themselves.
11: Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, um, the last couple summers, um, my family and I have gone to Yellowstone And you know we've seen bison, um, elk in parks and stuff, and it's um, the people they just they just leave their like cutesy Disney goggles on, like oh hey you know, but it's it's silly.
10: Mm. Wow. Um,
2: Yeah. um that's pretty scary.
11: Yeah. And you know, like I said, it's just it's just people leaving their common sense at home because they're somewhere else, but they should they should think.
5: I mean, hasn't anybody ever heard the the Roger Miller classic song you can't roll or skate in a buffalo herd? Come on, people. <laughs> common sense.
2: <laughs>
12: <laughs>
5: it's a great song. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to get that for Indie think- Media Weekly. <laughs> but it is break time.
2: Yes, thank you so much for coming on, John. Yep.
11: Very no interesting. Um, you know, if there's another time you want me on, you know, just give me a yell and I'll be available, so.
2: That'd be awesome, because we didn't even get to the other two things I was going to talk to you about, so. <laughs> we can we can save that tease for later, Janet. All right, right, will do. Thank All you.
11: Right.
2: Yep. All right, John, Bye. don't forget,
11: where... where
12: where can people hear you, John? My check
11: Uh Mic Check Radio's on my radios. my Check Radio on Saturday from six to
5: seven, where, seven to ten PM Eastern. Seven
11: to ten, whatever. <laughs> um He's so, a master
12: at the plugging, what can I say?
11: Yeah. I taught him everything he knows about plugging. There you Good. go. All right, guys, thanks. See
5: you, John. Good night, Bye. John.
12: Bye. See you John. Stay frosty, buddy.
5: All right, we, we got the high tower Lowdown coming up. We ready for it?
2: Yep.
12: Yeah, I guess.
5: Yeah, I love that guy. All
4: right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern
10: Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you without any equivocation that the number one abuse of human rights on Earth is lo- strangely... Not addressed quite often is the abuse of women and girls.
4: Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media Weekly
0: Radio. Obama's push for the Trans-Pacific Partnership is quite a show, but it's not selling. I'll tell you why, today on Hightower Radio. The negotiations and the sales push behind Washington's latest and biggest free trade agreement amount to Kabuki Theater. What Theater. Kabuki. It's a 17th-century form of Japanese drama, featuring elaborate sets and costuming, rhythmic dialogue, and stylized acting and dancing. That does sum up the White House's production of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Its negotiations have been set in luxury resorts around the world, covered by elaborate secrecy. Insiders wear the costumes of global corporate power, while trade officials parrot rhythmic dialogue about incredible benefits for all. And the president himself is the main actor, dramatically proclaiming that TPP is the most progressive trade deal ever. And now he's doing a stylized political dance in hopes of winning congressional approval. What a show! But it doesn't seem to be selling. Recent polls show broad public opposition to any more of these trade schemes, not only among Democrats, but independents and Republicans, too. Ten of the 2016 presidential candidates are opposed, led by Democratic contender Bernie Sanders, who calls it flat-out disastrous, and GOP frontrunner Donnie Trump, who dubs it a horrible deal. Congressional opposition is strong, and even Ford Motor Company, which was one of the corporate giants allowed inside the negotiations, has blasted it, calling on Congress to vote no. This is Jim Hightower saying, inexplicably, Obama views passage of this democracy-strangling corporate boondoggle as his legacy-making achievement, even though the only real support he has for it are Republican congressional leaders and the global corporate establishment. That's not just kabuki, it's kooky. As the old aphorism puts it, tell me with whom you walk, and I'll tell you who you are. To keep track and get involved, go to citizen.org slash trade. To get more of Jim Hightower's populist take on what Wall Street and Washington are up to, visit www.hightowerlowdown.org.
9: Hey, Joe, what are you doing?
0: Repairing the GOP clown car. What's wrong with it? Well, you know your show.
9: You mean the Tim Coramall Show right here on IndyMediaWeekly.com? Yes. Where each week a panel of guests joins us for a progressive roundtable discussion about politics, news, and other fun topics?
0: Yes. And you know how we check out which members of the GOP climbed into the clown car each week? Yes. Well, there's been so many GOP clowns lately, they broke the springs! Oh no, really? (laughs) Yes! But don't worry, with the GOP presidential primary season coming up, the clown car will now have new heavy-duty springs to carry the load.
9: So not only will our show be way better than those Sunday cable shows, we'll also have our very own clown car.
0: Right. Now, close that garage door, Tim, before the clowns get in.
9: Join us in our panel of guests every week right here on Indie Media Weekly. Oh, and don't forget, we have clowns. Dang it! I think a few slipped through.
1: Tune in for the Tim Coramal Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio Mondays and Wednesdays at eight thirty a.m. Eastern, or in prime time on Thursday nights at seven p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio at indiemediaweekly.com.
2: Don't miss Musical Mayhem with Lauren Mayer. Topical comedy songs and commentary from your friendly local humorist, songwriter, and opinionated Jewish mother. You can catch the show right here on Indie Media Weekly on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m., Thursdays at 8 p.m., right after the Tim Coromall Show. You can catch my weekly comedy videos on my YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom, and order CDs through most major retailers as well as my website, laurenmayer.com. So join us for Musical Mayhem, where music, politics, and comedy intersect. So now...
5: Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly. Bookmark IndieMediaWeekly.com and be sure to check out our schedule of fine live programming as well as podcasts and music shows. And please make Indie Media Weekly one of your favorites on TuneIn. Indie Media Weekly, for those who dare.
4: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
14: One of the issues I don't think we hear enough about and really can't hear enough about is preparing our students and our people, particularly those who have lost jobs, for the jobs of the future. We need to make sure that our
4: education systems are in place. Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media Weekly Radio. And welcome back. And your
5: host for tonight, while Jonathan Matthews is away, is the one, the only, Janet Lee.
2: Hi, everybody. This next story, and I, I don't know if we want to call it Finishing up on Gander or uh, Don't Know Shit from Applesauce because we have a guest coming on in 25 minutes and I'm overprepared. What can I say? So I'm going to go ahead and do this story and then if we get to 7.45 then we'll go up to Shit from Applesauce.
12: (laughs) Well, don't worry about that, Jen. I mean the Mythbusters also say if something is worth doing, it's worth overdoing and, and I always apply that principle to show prep.
2: Okay. All right. This one has an audio, and it's Audio D. And it's about, but before he plays that, it's about a man, Glenn Ford, who is from Louisiana. He was put in jail back in 82 or 83, yes, for murdering a 56-year-old jeweler. And the reason they put him on as their primary suspect because he had been known as a petty thief, he'd worked at this guy's yard, and admitting pawning some of the murder victim's stolen jewelry. The person that tried the case, the prosecutor, was, this is her first death penalty, and he, Glenn Ford, had inexperienced court appointed attorneys. He got put into jail and has been on death row Ever since 1983, he just got let out not that long ago, first part of October, because this is a 60-minute segment that you're going to listen to, that aired October 10th, 2015. Okay, Kenny, that would be Audio D.
5: Got it. It's a it's a long one, everybody, so it's, it's about three minutes long, uh, so uh, also we should say hi to Joey there, too. Hey, Joey. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. That's all right. Hi, Joey. I don't think he's on the call again. Oh,
5: uh-uh. son of a uh, gun. All right, I'll start the audio and I'll get him back.
8: There may be no greater miscarriage of justice than to wrongfully convict a person of murder and sentence him to death. But that's exactly what happened to Glenn Ford. He spent nearly 30 years on death row in solitary confinement in Louisiana's notorious Angola prison until new evidence revealed he did not commit the murder. He was one of 149 inmates freed from death row since the U.S. Supreme Court reinstated capital punishment in 1976. In all those exonerations, you have likely never heard a prosecutor admit his role and apologize for his mistakes in sending an innocent man to death row. But tonight, a prosecutor's confession. Marty Stroud speaks of an injustice he calls so great it destroyed two lives, Glenn Ford's, and his own. I ended up without anybody else's help
14: putting a man on death row who didn't belong there. I mean at the end of the day, beginning in middle, whatever you want to call it, I did something that was very,
8: very bad. It was 1983, Shreveport, Louisiana, and 32-year-old prosecutor Marty Stroud was assigned his first death penalty case. A local jeweler, Isidore Roseman, had been robbed and murdered. Quickly, Stroud zeroed in on Glenn Ford. Ford had done yard work for Roseman and was known to be a petty thief, and he admitted he had pawned some of the stolen jewelry. All that was enough to make him the primary suspect. Stroud knew a conviction would boost his career.
14: I was arrogant, narcissistic, caught up in the culture of winning. Win regardless of the facts, the truth? Looking back on it, yes. There was a question about other people's involvement. I should have followed up on that. I didn't do that. Why didn't you? I think my failure to say something can only be described as cowardice. I was a coward.
8: Stroud now admits the cards and the system were stacked against Ford from the beginning. His court-appointed lawyers had never practiced criminal law. What kind of law did they practice?
14: One individual had general civil practice and another one did succession, wills and estates. Here they were in a murder trial in Louisiana where a man was on trial for his life. And at the time, I saw nothing wrong with that. In fact, I snickered from time to time saying that, you know, this was going to be, we're going to get through this case pretty quickly.
8: Stroud's case wasn't strong. There was no physical evidence linking Ford to the crime. The main witness incriminating Ford admitted in court she'd been coerced by police to make up her testimony. But what was more important to Marty Stroud was the composition of the jury.
14: There were no African-Americans on the jury. Was that by design? At the time of the case, we excluded African-Americans because we I felt that they would not consider a death penalty where you had a black defendant and a white victim. I was a person that made the final call on the case.
5: There you go. Janet?
2: I, um, I have no words for this. I mean, this guy, I feel felt bad, but, um, this guy, this Ford languished on death row for 30 years, 30 years. Then even the worst part, um, they didn't turn over stuff, files, the police, re, you know, gave false testimony, they changed the records, they faked fingerprints, they all ended up getting that information, but uh, there was no discovery. Other, the other lawyers, the new lawyers that they got, they couldn't get a hold of any of that stuff. Then in 2012, Jake Robinson, one of the original suspects, divulged to an informant that he had shot and killed Roseman 30 years earlier. March 2014, the judge threw out Ford's convictions and all charges related to him. But how many more lives have been saved? Had Robinson been taken seriously as a suspect back then in 1983? Because he, the guy that killed this man, is in death row himself for another murder conviction, and they pretty much are sure that he's committed several more since 83. So, <clears throat> this is kind of that breaking code of silence he poured by the police. Stroud came clean, but Stroud's case wasn't strong, so they just went ahead and got rid of him. Then, they got rid of, you know, made sure there was anybody else that was black that could hear it. Then, <clears throat> after he got out, there was, within two weeks, he died because he had found out he had lung cancer. He had been complaining about hurting and not feeling good, but they wouldn't give him medical care. And not only that... um They uh, refused to pay him for being falsely imprisoned because he sold that jewelry, and they said he was still part of the crime. But the district attorney, Dale Cox, who they talked about, also talked about, but that audio, I guess, wasn't good and couldn't be played. The other one said the law was served. He got out, didn't he? No. Why should we pay any money? You know, I don't feel bad about it. You know, he, he got out. We proved he was innocent. I don't know what the problem is.
6: What an asshole.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that, those, that audio just makes you want to throw up. I mean, all of this does, but this Cox is also up for re-election, so I'm hoping that people go out and vote him out.
5: What a fitting name.
2: Yeah. Just you imagine
6: know, just, how many how many how many men have lost their lives behind that yeah. behind that same type of prosecution. Isn't
2: Absolutely. Men- Absolutely. This this sort and, of case Oh No, go ahead.
12: This case is the sort of case why I'm in favor of capital punishment conditionally. I'm only in favor of it where Guilt, you know, where they're literally, you know, you, you know, where they're obviously guilty. As in they were caught mid-act with the knife, bloody, clo- you know, you, you know, um, the, the system is stacked. Uh, You know, if you're a white person brought up on murder charges, you are more likely to get life in prison. If you're a black person brought up on murder charges, you are more likely to get the death penalty. And until that... and and equity is resolved, uh, I, I think that the only proper way is for there to be a nationwide moratorium on the death penalty until such time as some equability, you know, is, you know, it, is reintroduced back into the system.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, as far as I'm against the death penalty, but I can understand why people, again, I don't have anybody that's been killed on death row, but or who has been accused of murder or who has been murdered, thank thank goodness. But, you know, when you think about Ted Bundy and people like that, you know, it, but on the same hand, if you're going to kill, then you're not doing anything better than the people that are doing the killing either. And I kind of think sitting in prison is better. I, than you if you're guilty, if you're guilty, it's less expensive. Poor, huh?
5: It's less expensive too.
2: Yeah, and this well, poor man, twenty-three hours a day in solitary for a crime he didn't commit, and then he gets out, finds out he has lung cancer, dies two weeks later. Well, and I, like I said, you know what? The thing is that
12: I, like I said, I'm in favor of a of a nationwide moratorium and. I would love to see the Supreme Court weigh in on this again because that's what happened in the, I believe, the 70s. Um, right. But the thing is that there are people who I honestly believe are too dangerous to, allow, to be allowed to live. People, for example, like uh, you know uh, the Oklahoma City bomber um, whose name escapes me. McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh. What would have happened if we put him in jail for life and he got busted out? You know, more people could have died there are people who are too, you know, too dangerous to risk, you know, like I I said, we need a nationwide moratorium on the state and federal level, definitely uh, because the system is rigged and that's unacceptable. You can't dig up the corpse after you're done, dust it off and say, Oh, sorry about that. Just go about your business.
2: Yeah. What do you think, Joey, before we move on? Uh, The
6: the system is, is, is screwed up. And, and, you know, and, and it's something I got to say, you know, most of the laws and everything is made up to, you know, to, to mess up, you know, to mess up the minorities. There's a whole lot of laws Mm. still on the books to mess up minorities, you know, and and to give us more time and death penalties Mm. and, you know, stuff like that you know and i'm kind of an activist on that too you know because it's the golden rule uh, i know i know a whole lot of guys right now as today is locked up for tens of years you know like decades for just of just a little white powder yeah you know non-violent the whole system is
2: crazy Uh, right
12: you know it reminds me and i know it's going to kind of sounds silly digging this up, but the, the system is rigged and there's a simple reason why. You know, in, in one of my favorite films, Aladdin, the Disney version, there comes a point where Jafar says, you know, it's the golden rule. Whoever has the gold makes the rules. And I think mm-hmm. we see that in play in our criminal justice system. Very true.
2: Yeah,
6: it's rigged
2: big that time. Very true. And <clears throat> we have one more quick audio from Rand Paul, audio E, to lighten things up, lighten things up a little bit, although this story is <clears throat> kind of hard to we lighten we have up. to? <laughs> Do we really have I to, just, to listen to Senator I just think it's hilarious. It's <laughs> hilarious.
1: All right. All right, all
2: right
5: Canada, e. Rocket, Turkey. here
1: we go. Uh, yesterday, Rand Paul decided to maybe distract from all that a little bit by mounting a Rand Paul presidential campaign stunt in which he live-streamed a day on the presidential campaign trail with Rand Paul. And it turns out, that is kind of a small, sad place to be. At Joe
3: Banana tweets, At Rand Paul, talk about hairstyle. Rand, that looks like a bucket of French grease on his head. Now that is... Maine. And I want to see your hair, Joe, if you've got any. At the Madison Show tweets, At Rand Paul's hair looks like ramen noodles. Hmm. I I guess that's an insult, and I'll just accept it. At, oh gosh, Donald Trump, who put Donald Trump in this thing? At Real Donald Trump tweets, Watching Rand Paul for the entire day? I would say that'd be one of the lowest-ranked shows in history. Well, we'll just see, won't we, Donald?
1: Senator Rand Paul reading mean tweets during the miserable live stream of his presidential campaign day yesterday. And partly it was miserable because he seems miserable. Um, Partly it was miserable because as his day was streamed on a website called Ustream, uh, it emerged that after a full day of that behind-the-scenes access to Senator Paul on Ustream, he still has only 148 total followers on Ustream, but mostly it was miserable because This kind of just is what misery looks like, I'm guessing, from a candidate. And fair warning, there is a little swear here.
3: They also tell me because I'm just doing what I'm told, riding around Iowa, looking at cornfields and answering silly questions that I'm now supposed to answer the top Googled questions about me. The first question is, how tall is Rand Paul? And uh, it's five foot eight, but I do look a lot taller on TV. The next question is, how old is Rand Paul? The answer is, or the real answer, I guess, is 52, but uh, I sometimes feel about 10 to 20 to maybe 30 to 40 to 50 years older after a day of this. The third question, most popular question from Google is, is Rand Paul still running for president? And uh, I don't know, I wouldn't be doing this dumbass live streaming if I weren't. So yes, I still am running for president. Get over it. Where is Rand Paul in the polls? This is not live. We can't edit this, right? All right.
1: No, this is live. We all heard you just say you feel like you're 102 when you're doing this with your life these days. This is your life, Senator. We can all see you. Honestly, though, we're starting to feel bad about it at a human level.
3: Dumbass. (laughs) Dumbass.
12: And may I just say that the trivial on Rand Paul's head is offended that he got he got compared to ramen. And how dare you insult ramen like that? Ramen is a beautiful food.
1: It doesn't deserve <laughs> such slander. I, I probably should have put that into the shit for applesauce section, but I, I thought that's pretty good for a southern
9: politician,
12: too. Dumbass. I just I I. Is this live stream live?
8: <laughs> it's live. Are we live? Live.
12: We'll
6: do it live. We'll I'll I'll, I'll write it and, and do it. we'll do it live. That'd be a good drop, Kenny. This <laughs> <laughs> live stream live. Oh yeah,
5: oh yeah.
2: Oh okay. Uh, Why don't we go going- ahead?
3: <laughs> dumbass yeah uh,
12: we
2: excuse still me for another... a Michael
12: yell at my dog
2: <laughs> <laughs> we still have another four or five minutes so let's go ahead and do the bumper for don't know shit from applesauce
14: alright all I ask from you is a very simple answer to
5: a very simple question
1: are you crazy Jesus. or just plain stupid but I will ask that everyone please behave.
5: He's a lunatic, I'm
9: telling
3: you. Can I help you with that?
1: Y'all don't know shit from applesauce.
3: Dumbass. <laughs> hey. I
2: don't know why. I just think that's hilarious.
5: Yeah. Uh, and uh, also, I've been noticing this as well as everybody else. Skype is terribly muddy with you guys, so we're going to dump the call during the break, and I'll get you all back. And, of course, you'll just all need to stay muted. That's all. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go
12: y'all talking while we wait.
2: All right. This next one does not have um, an audio, which is too bad, because it's a series of tweets from Atlanta, Georgia, from Mike Bell, a sports radio host for the 92.9. He got in a little bit of trouble from um, hurling insults at an ESPN anchorwoman, who was a female broadcaster for the baseball, for baseball. In the month that followed, <clears throat> there was Kurt Schilling's suspension for his Muslim Nazi controversy. So, Jessica Mendoza, she had been covering the MLB season for Sunday and Monday night baseball. Mendoza, the softball Olympic medalist, became the first woman ever to do analysis for postseason MLB game Tuesday night. But Bell sent out a series of tweets expressing that Mendoza was not qualified to uh, commentate because softball is not the same as baseball. So, he tweeted out, <coughs> October 6th, yes, tell us, Kits McGee, when you're up there hitting the softball, you see a lot of 95-mile-an-hour cutters. Yeah. Then, Boyle Sports said a woman made history tonight calling an MLB playoff game for ESPN, and this is what an Atlanta radio guy thought of it. When the original tweet was taken down, Bill defended himself from critics accusing them of them, of sexism, while sending out even more tweets. Are all you young 20-somethings really that much of PC candy ass? Did you guys go to college to get stupid? And then he said, using female broadcasters who never played the sports of color analysis, that would be the feminist agenda. Then Mike Bell says, you guys tell me there isn't a more qualified baseball ESPN Can you spend a softball player? Give me a break. Then he tweets out again. To those asking about Kurt Schelling, yes, I prefer a softball player to him. Eventually, though, he seemed to back off, and he didn't direct it to Mendoza's Twitter handle. He did offer apologies. I've been trending for all the wrong reasons tonight, and I apologize for calling her Tits McGee. He still doesn't get it. Wow. Bell is now suspended from his shoe. But read a statement there saying, there's no place for that kind of stuff on my show. I will be more mindful. I hope I can be a better talk show host and a better person. This has been an eye-opening experience. Asshole. Asshole. Asshole.
0: Yeah. Se- sexist. Sexist. Dumbass.
2: Yes. And the thing that pisses me off, too, well, there's a bunch of layers to this onion. He's saying, I hope when I come back, um, I've learned from this. And he never once did an apology to her. What do you guys think?
6: They should be why fired. Do they, uh, why do they always, you know, say all that bullshit and then offer a half-assed apology at the end? Damn, dude, it's on record. You already said the shit, man. I don't believe you. You, you said it, what you, you can't said. You want to see it. Yeah, you, you said it, and you know, you already said you meant it. If you didn't mean it, you wouldn't have said it.
2: Yeah. And not only that, he never apologized to her, ever. So he meant He's it. A- <laughs> <laughs> He's just apologizing to... Get his job back, or maybe somebody told him, you know, you better cool it. Or maybe I don't know.
5: Yeah, uh, he needs or to maybe, be. They, yeah, he needs to be shit canned. No two ways about it.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Well, you can he get a job at at break- Fox. Yeah, he can get a job at Fox. He can fits right in. Thank
3: God for Fox News. <laughs>
12: Yeah, why not? It's not like Fox can get, you know, it's not like Fox can possibly have any less credibility.
3: Mm
2: hmm. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, he can go sit on the couch with, with uh, Fox and Fiends, as Jonathan says. Oh, God. Get right in.
5: So, uh, <laughs> break time then before we get Mr. Yeah, Pool on? Go ahead. All yeah. right. We'll be back uh, again. Uh, Janet Lee sitting in for. Uh, Uh, The Traveling Man, Jonathan Matthews, Uh, will be right back. Me, uh, Joey, Adam, Janet, and, of course, Rob Poole right after this.
4: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
13: Too busy giving tax handouts to large corporations, the Republicans haven't been working for the middle class. And as a result, many families are still struggling to make ends meet.
4: Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
5: Listen to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern for three hours of news, opinion, and laughs. This is what comedian and talk show host John Fugelsang has to say about Turn Up the Night. You guys really walk a good line of having it be really collegial and really having a a show that, you know, blends the uh, intelligence with the irreverence, which is the hardest balance to pull off. Still not convinced you should listen to Turn Up the Night? Well, listen to what legendary writer, actor, and comedian Rick Overton has to say. I just don't think we can use the mainstream news for much anymore. I'm, I'd am i much rather go to you than to CNN for anything. You know, I would trust what my friends have to say more. Well, who can argue with that? Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly. For those who
0: dare. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress.
1: Things are really changing. There are good people here.
2: People across North Carolina are proud of the fact that the Democratic Party chose
4: to have a convention here. Don't lose hope no matter what they say, because things are starting to happen. But one thing about South Carolina you can always count on, We're always going to surprise you.
2: In fact, I've always been proud to be a Democrat. We
4: need to
5: recognize that we have an opportunity here in Georgia to take back this state and make it blue again. I think Texas is not only going to turn blue, it's just a question of when.
2: Now that will tell you that we have progressed.
0: Join us as we explore the Southern Progressive Revival. And
5: welcome back. Your fill-in host tonight, Janet Lee, uh, sitting in for Jonathan Matthews. Welcome back, Janet.
2: Thank you very much.
5: All Hello? You, uh, yes, yes, you are there. Uh, please proceed.
2: Okay. Um, we are going to have a battle of the producers. I have no idea how long that's going to last. I'm assuming about a half an hour.
5: Uh, I think yeah, so. Shouldn't you first introduce your other co-host? Oh,
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. Hey, guys. Oh, hey. Tennessee. hey, I'm new at this.
6: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm good. I'm cool with it. Uh, okay. okay, I'm supposed to do the thing with the producer of Battle Royale. Okay. Cool. Okay. He's doing the, the
2: Battle party?
6: Royale. Huh? Yeah, Y'all ready to get started? Rob, are you ready? <coughs> <clears throat> I
9: think you're all going to be disappointed.
6: Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and this, this has been quite a day. Just a second, Joseph. Joey. Okay. And welcome back, Adam.
12: Thank you. I just want to say, Rob, <laughs> if you lose this, okay. you get to... All right, I've decided I'm going to give Rob incentive, Kenny. Rob, if you win, you get to watch Manos the Hands of Fate. If you lose, you get to watch it unriff.
2: Ooh. hey Joey, how long is it supposed to last? Like, because I really uh, wanted to talk to Robert. I had plans for an interview. I actually have questions.
12: Okay, uh, is it, it to last it'll, last last? To
5: it'll probably last this right. segment. We'll we'll be able to okay. talk talk about other stuff.
13: Oh, okay. We'll have
12: time. We'll
2: All
5: have right, time. That's it. Now here
6: here it is.
5: Well, okay. now remember, we, we Joey, have...
2: just a minute, Joey, just okay. a minute Remember, okay. you got to work with me every week.
5: That's yeah. right. Okay. Okay. Well, all, right, all right. Just so you know, but before before you get into it, Joey, and by the way, I rebooted Skype, uh, everybody, and unfortunately, it still sounds muddy, so we're just going to have to deal with it. I don't know what Skype's a deal is tonight. But anyway, here's a jingle that Jonathan put together <laughs> yeah. for this.
4: Don't get you all know the war on?
1: Who cares? Yes, it is a big deal. It's a very big deal.
4: And now, Mike Check Radio's Robert Poole, the veteran, versus Southern Progressive Revival's Janet Lee, the feminist warrior. It's a producer, Battle Royale. Come get some. Comes from Maryland, you know what that means?
11: You are the big Mr. President are always running things, running me!
4: She's the largest producer in the
8: whole kingdom. I've got some unfinished business in Missouri. Take
2: this thing back to Baltimore! There
6: you go. All, from, <laughs> oh, all right. All right, guys. To the victor goes to the spoils. In honor of this auspicious occasion, we are going to have a little civics contest on the air right now.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> Rob, now, don't
6: fail me. <laughs> now, Rob, you and Janet uh, you weren't made aware of this until this moment. So either had...
9: This is nice to me. You, <laughs> me
6: too. So neither of you, you had opportunity to study or prepare. Make this uh, uh equitable as possible. I will ask 10 questions, beginning with whoever wins a coin toss. So I got a coin right here. And uh, if both y'all tie... I will have a bonus question, 11th question for you guys. And whoever wins, wins. And, and you got to, like, blurted out correctly until, let me see, throw out correctly on this battle. Uh, 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 heads and tails, toss the coin. I'm going to toss the coin and go to the order of the victor, okay? I'm going to toss it yeah. right now. And Janet and Rob, call it. heads. You know, Okay, Rob. Okay, you tell Janet Higgs. Okay, it's Higgs. Janet, you up first, sweetheart. Okay. Here's a question. What is the supreme law of the land?
12: The Constitution.
6: All righty. What about you, Roger? Is that the right question?
9: Uh, yeah, I would say so. Okay.
6: All right, number two. Where are the first three words of the Constitution? We the people. Is that right, Mm -hmm. Janet?
2: I think that's the Bill of Rights. But I'm gonna go with that.
6: You gonna go with the Bill of Rights? I go with
2: what he said. Yeah. No, no,
6: are the we the people?
2: Yeah, I think that's the Bill of Rights, though. But I'm gonna oh, go with got, it.
6: You going? You going with Bill of Rights?
5: No, I think she's agreeing. She's agreeing with Rob. She's
6: agreeing with. Okay. Okay. All right, then. Uh, number three, what do we call the first ten amendments to the Constitution?
9: The Bill of Rights.
6: All right. What about you, uh, Rob? Is that right?
9: I, I don't know.
6: Oh, you don't know? Okay. <clears throat> okay, number four, what did the Declaration of Independence do?
2: Declared our independence from, um, England and <clears throat> set up a, us up as a free and independent nation.
6: Okay. Uh, what's your answer, Rob? Uh,
9: damn. Pretty much the same thing as Jan said, uh, set it up set it, it declared our independence from Britain.
6: Okay. Let's see here. Uh, number five. Name the three branches of government.
2: The executive, the legislature, and the judicial.
6: All right. What about you, Rob?
9: Executive, uh, legislative, and judicial.
6: Oh, okay. Just like Carl Bundy said, our legislature, our judicial. Judical. Okay. Out. Okay, number six. Who is in charge of the judicial branch?
2: John Robert. The judge, the court, the Supreme Court. Judges.
6: The the Supreme Court?
2: Yeah. Now, we're talking
6: about the...
9: Wait a minute, could you rephrase the question?
6: who, uh, Who is in charge of the judicial branch?
9: Okay, the Supreme Court. Or are we, or are we talking about a, a specific judge?
6: Uh, uh, Pacific. Uh, who is in charge of the judicial branch?
9: Then that would be okay. John Roberts. And he's
2: the, uh, um, so I he's can't even of what? what his title is, but he's the head honcho of the court. Yeah.
5: John Roberts is Chief Justice. Keep Jeff okay. Thank you. Yeah. See. <laughs> I'm. They. Okay. They said John Roberts. I'm just giving them his title. That's all.
6: <laughs> I'm being okay. good and disciplined here. All right. Uh, number seven. What is the length of a senator's term?
9: Six years. Since
6: six. Six years. Yes. Both of y'all said six years? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Why do some states have more uh, representatives than
9: others?
2: Those according to census. It depends census. on the
9: populations of the state.
2: Yeah, the census.
6: You agree, Janet? Yep. Okay, number nine. What is position is third in line? To the presidency to clarify house. if the president or vice president become unable to fulfill their duties. Uh, <laughs> speaker of you? the House. Speaker of
9: the House. Okay.
6: All righty, y'all. Both said Speaker of the House. Okay, number 10. Who is the governor of your state right now?
2: Nixon. Larry Hogan.
6: Alrighty, both y'all got it right. Okay, so y'all guys tied. And here's a bonus question. Y'all gotta blurt it out. You know what I'm saying? Real fast. Beat one another. Who was the second president of the United States? Adams. Oh, Jenny, you got it right. Ding, ding, ding! You won. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I,
12: I, ah. <duh. laughs> Yeah, well, Janet, the card is still locked. <laughs> <off>, so, <laughs> All right. Miss... Get down,
5: Miss Medusa. <laughs> oh, I'm so miserable there, sir. There he goes. Winner,
3: winner, chicken dinner.
9: There
5: you go, Janet. Chicken again?
9: <laughs> All right. I got to contest
8: uh, the enough. results oh, of this. What's that, chicken? Every night it's the fucking chicken. Holy God almighty. Is it possible just once, you could get something to eat for dinner around here that's not the goddamn fucking chicken? Hey, Dad. I'm just saying. Dad.
5: Had to be done. Had to.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. (laughs) Well, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. How about you, Rob? Uh...
9: Yeah. I did all right. <laughs> yes. I'm I like stripping your title of Mister Producer, Rob. <laughs> oh, so you're doing audio next week, huh? Yeah, I'm so <laughs> fluffy about last night.
5: Yeah. <laughs> oh.
12: I told you. I uh, never
5: mind. Here's a, here's a bonus one uh, with audio. Uh, please spell the following words. Clive and Mundy says.
3: Are there are three branches of government: executive, legislative,
14: and a judicial.
5: <laughs> of course,
9: I also keep saying I'm salty about last night because it's good radio.
14: <laughs> it
5: is.
2: A dudicle. I thought of that too as I was saying the three branches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying not to snicker. Who
5: could ever forget?
2: <laughs> I've got to. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start. <laughs> Let's start with Adam or Joey on talking to Robert. Somebody jump Joey. in.
10: Adam.
12: Uh what? what, what wait. Uh uh well uh person I've never met before or have any reason to know. Uh <laughs> uh Damn, I don't know. Joey, go uh, well, All okay. right, so how
9: about we start with uh how I actually became a co host of Mike Jack Radio. Thank yeah, you. Yeah.
12: How, how did you become a. Uh, I figured that was a stupid question. I thought about it.
0: What <laughs> is your favorite stupid. color? <laughs>
3: All
12: right, Rob, how did you get dragged into
9: our vast left wing conspiracy that we call Mike Check Radio? So, a couple of years ago, Adam needed a, another co. Well, he needed somebody to fill in for about an hour or two until Wes Carstadden, the original co host of Mike Check Radio, came in. And, you know, I was available, and I, 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 I'm a liberal, you know, and I decided to jump in. And that taste, you know, of getting on the show, and you know, it, it was kind of fun. And I enjoyed, you know, having a chance to vent about my, you know, political beliefs. And eventually, it, you know, I kept coming back, pestering Adam, you know, can I get on, can I get on, can I get on? So I became a, basically a uh, regular co host from that point on.
12: In other words, he has no Admiral Act since and he didn't realize it was a trap.
9: Pretty much. And then, you know, uh, uh, maybe a couple months later when, you know, your schoolwork became too much, you know, it's too much. It's too much. Uh, you know, Ooh, I, uh, sorry, it's I, too
13: much. <laughs> sorry.
9: <laughs> uh yeah that was pretty that was pretty accurate but um yeah i i started doing i started cutting the audio for uh my check radio it's a trap! <laughs> <laughs> very much so, so, uh very so much so. Are you,
6: uh are, are you like the 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 only person on the left in your whole family or do you have any family members that's progressive like you No, I
9: am My parents are very conservative Uh, My father more so than my mother Uh, My mom is Kind of Weird She's she's kind of like um, Jackie Kennedy in a way Uh, You know She she follows her man's politics Kind of Which is weird Um, But uh, Yeah, my dad is Very conservative (laughs)
6: Wow, because I, so I have friends, I have other friends, that, you know, in the same boat. You know, they have conservative resident. You know, residents and, and I mean relatives. I mean, I'm sorry about that. Re- relatives and their parents and conservative and and people they went to school with, but they like you know, in in a sense, have a heart. <laughs> you know, care about other people.
9: Right, I think it's a generational thing. Uh, you know, we're, we came up with a different age, uh, compared to our parents, especially my parents, um, you know, back in the seventies when they were growing up, you know, the, it was civil, the civil rights era was still a big issue. Uh, the changes that came out of that, uh, especially from, you know, the, you know, America and Baltimore, um, the, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of the riots that happened back in the late 60s um, mm-hmm. after the 68 riots after the assassination of, the of uh, Martin Luther King um, that mm-hmm. was a big deal here a very big deal mm-hmm. and um, so, you know it it's taken years to recover from that to a degree
2: so so recovered since this
9: last rioting? Honestly, I thought that riot was not as big as a lot of the media made it up to be. Um, it was basically one night. Nobody died. There was not that much damage done. Uh, it was nothing compared to the 1968 riots, though, which cost millions of dollars, uh, many dead, you know, and it really, really stoked up, uh, you know, uh, discord between the races.
2: Uh, so is, is Baltimore, have they suffered from that, like, since those riots till now? From the 68 riots or the 2015 riots? Right, between them, because you said it really stoked up a lot of division between the races, and I was wondering if that carried through until currently,
9: current time. To a degree. Uh, honestly, Baltimore is a different place from when, at that point. Uh, Baltimore right now is basically, Kenny kind of knows a lot about this because it, it, this is a thing that affects a lot of cities, especially in the north. Uh, where white flight was a big thing in the 80s. Uh, Baltimore was originally a factory town. Uh, It was a place where a lot of people from the South came up to the North to get a job, to work for a while, and then go back back home. Uh, Some of them stayed, some of them didn't. And, I mean, there's a song about it. There's a country song about it, actually. About how a guy comes to the North with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend falls in love with, falls in love with the city and he has to leave her to go back home. I forget the
5: name of it. But um but yeah I I can certainly attest to a white flight happening in Cleveland uh you know pretty much from the sixties on really uh you know but now we're starting to recoup from that. A lot of people are moving back into the city because you know we have obviously different industries popping up a lot of a lot of pencil pushing jobs and stuff like that um, but but yeah the, we, we we encountered the same thing here Rob
9: yeah there's a lot of counties around Baltimore City that are some of the richest in in the country um, especially the ones that are near Washington Washington DC and um, Baltimore itself is kind of hollowed out uh, it there's a lot of vacant uh, homes around the city, and especially in the northern part, which is predominantly black. Um, basically, there's two types of people that live in Baltimore. There are people that are too stubborn to move, which is covers my family, and people that are too poor to move. Uh, That's pretty much it. Um, there's like a there's a little gentrified part of the city. Uh, it's called the Inner Harbor. Uh, which looks pretty much like straight up New York, like any other city. But when you go outside of that, um, it's, a di- it's an entirely different, you know, it's like Detroit.
6: I heard it got great uh-huh. seafood up there.
9: Yeah, crab, crab cakes are a thing around here.
6: Yeah, that's what I heard.
0: <laughs>
2: but isn't a crab... Is it on the east coast that the crab is RIT to eat, and the west coast not so good, or vice versa? I'm not sure.
9: I know that Alaska has a lot of crabs. For some reason.
5: Well, we just uh, my brother-in-law just went to uh, Maryland and brought back uh, a bunch of blue crabs, and the family feasted on those a couple weekends ago. So, uh, blue crabs from. Uh, um, I, I guess that they, they come from. Uh, oh, what's the bay? Um, Chesapeake. Chesapeake Bay. Yeah, that's where those come from.
2: Ah, and you're fine, so I'm assuming.
5: I am still alive. And as, that's it, right. blue crabs are a big industry for uh, uh, Ocean City and, and surrounding areas.
2: Yep. Hmm. Adam. Adam. Yes. Do you have a question
12: about mm. Maryland,
2: or have you been there? Or?
12: I, I'm afraid I haven't, although I'd like to go. I'd like to go see Baltimore's uh, famous aquarium. Uh, that's just me, though. I, Rob, have you uh, have you been to the Baltimore aquarium? Rob?
2: I think we're losing him. I see dots.
5: Oh, Skype probably acting up again. Yeah, Skype it, the, Skype is a piece of garbage tonight, let me tell you.
9: It's tripping.
6: now.
5: <laughs> so, you you there, Rob?
9: Yeah, I'm back. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I
5: guess something's going on with the Skype I don't
2: know. I was having trouble last night for some reason. Yeah,
5: all night it's been going on with this Skype. It's nonsense.
2: It's just been one thing after another night.
5: But uh, Adam was asking uh, about the aquarium in Baltimore.
9: Ah, uh, yes, the aquarium. One of our favorite... Uh, tourist traps. The, yeah, the Inner Harbor is basically built around it. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's a base. It, like I said, it's a basic, base it's a massive tourist trap. It's a trap! Yeah, really. <laughs> um,
6: just like really Second nice. Avenue I'm, down here, downtown.
9: <laughs> I mean, it's a oh, really nice Nashville. place, but.
6: Mm-hmm. Second Avenue down here, downtown, it's a straight up tourist trap. Go in one of the bars uh, yeah. and try to order one long neck. You're going to pay about 10 bucks for a long neck, a uh, uh, Bud Bud Light or something, you know? Uh, oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> 10
9: bucks. <huh?
6: laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah
9: that's, that's, that's the inner harbor in a nutshell. Everything down there is expensive. Wow. Uh, so well, do
2: they have, like, the big, beautiful boats? I mean, I saw a picture of, like, a keek boat.
9: Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of boat stuff down there.
2: Um, the inner
9: harbor itself, I mean the um the aquarium itself is pretty nice. I haven't been there in a couple decades. But um yeah, well, it's it's kind of expensive to get in. <laughs> what a, are the kind not, of tourists? it's not quite Disneyland expensive, but it's gonna cost you a pretty penny to get a family of four in there. Oh, you have to pay to get in. Oh, oh
2: yeah. well, to the aquarium, yeah. So but what are the other prices is it... I'm sorry. No, continue. Um, I'm going to ask you on the other side because it looks like it's break time.
5: Sure is. I think we're going to try and do the Skype uh, restart again, too, everybody. So Yeah, you um, guys a little money. I'll call y'all back and uh, just stay muted. And we've got another song from uh, Honor Among Thieves coming up 35 Fat Guys and One Mustache. So, all right. So we'll be right back uh, after this.
4: You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
1: And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country so we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know
0: win in red states.
4: Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
13: 6 a.m. egg with mouse and it's running. I fall high on no. earth just to get me to do it. But the gin and the moose got a vein running through it. What the hell? I'm a show, little crap. My toupee is all greasy. Don't mind working hard if I'm taking it easy. Can't take my eye off that blonde at the table. No other lip, but she's willing and able. What the hell? Y'all surrounded now, dogged and hounded now. Maybe you'll wait for cash. Y'all attention span, no business plan. For 35 fat guys and one mustache. set down in Dallas. The software is ready to make them believers. Behaving and raving like golden retrievers. 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 Like golden retrievers. You're surrounded now, dog and hounded now. Maybe you're waiting for cash. Your attention span ain't no business plan For 35 bad guys and one mustache. Surround Ain't no business plan 35 fat guys and one more stay
0: This is adam hebert a man with breathtaking anger management issues
12: and i hope that you will listen to my program mike check radio with adam hebert live every saturday night 7 to 10 p.m eastern Fuck
13: yeah!
12: every week on mike check radio me and my co-hosts rob Poole and kenny peg will talk about the week's news with righteous indignation facts and a large dose of comedy inconceivable join us as we try to answer the question of just how many republican douchebags there are in washington dc it's
6: over 9000 <laughs>
12: We'll also crown our assholes of the week during our program.
0: You are the leading asshole in the state.
12: Finally on our show, we'll also talk about the latest in news from video games, comic books, film, science, anime, and manga. All for your entertainment and learning pleasure.
13: Well, that sounds really shallow and stupid.
12: Let's try it. Don't forget, that's Mike Check Great with Adam Hebert, live every Saturday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, and only here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. For those who dare. Oh, and Cranker demands that you listen to our program.
3: You are crazier than a crap fight in a monkey house.
5: Light out, everybody.
3: Hi, this is P.S. Mueller from Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly for those who
4: dare. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival.
0: We have been the instrument of change in the past. We know what needs to be done. We know how to do it. We know that we can impact policies which affect education, human rights, Civil rights, economic and social opportunity.
4: Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media Weekly Radio. And welcome back. Your host for the evening, Janet
5: Lee. All yours, Janet.
2: Hello, everybody, again. Thank you. Do we sound better?
5: Sounds a little better.
2: All right. Robert, I would like you to tell us about some of the sites that people would go and see if they went to Baltimore. Is there something besides the aquarium and the harbor?
7: Mm-hmm.
9: I'm trying to think of actually. Like historical? there is.
2: I mean, there's a bunch
9: of historical stuff around here. Um, there's Edgar Allen Poe's grave. Um, there's the Babe Ruth uh, Museum. Uh, there's a couple things. Um, I'm trying to remember some of them. Uh, well, there's a lot of stuff that's all. There's also DC is pretty close by, so there is that too. I mean, it's probably probably about maybe an hour hours drive to get from Baltimore to DC, maybe less depending on how you do it.
2: Hmm. That I like historical stuff. I think that's fun. What about you, Adam? Do You have questions about Baltimore or? Did
1: you no, want to go I
12: on to another think, topic? I, I just, I would love to see it. Although, I, I think Rob, uh, you know, Rob is a native Baltimore, and yet he refuses to go to Otacon, which I think should be uh, caused to revoke
9: his license as a nerd. Yeah, well, you come here and you uh, take it from my uh, cold-dead hands,
2: Buster. What is Otacon?
9: I'm, Otacon, Otacon is, a anim, is a big anime con. Anime being I think Japanese it's like number animation. two. It's, yeah, it's probably number two, number three. Um, it's, they recently moved it to DC because essentially it was too big to house in the Baltimore Convention Center. Hmm. I, I, I've got a proposal, Rob. How about this? Why don't you come on
12: down to Atlanta next year and we'll go to AWA together and have some fun?
5: We'll see about that. Also, uh, hey, yeah. baby,
12: All right. huh?
5: uh, I was going to say, uh, Joey, something you uh, might get a kick out of, uh, the, something I took my nephews to many moons ago in Ocean City, Maryland, is uh, they have a Ripley's Believe It or Not museum.
8: Ooh. Oh, really?
5: Yeah, it's wild. Wow. Oh,
6: wow. I, don't want to take I used you
5: to watch that, the that the as a kid. There you go yeah they've got a they got a, they have a fun a fun boardwalk there and a bunch of old like uh kind of Coney island type rides and uh, uh, attractions and stuff like that
2: so how far is Ocean City from um, Baltimore
9: probably maybe an hour My parents go to the Ocean city at least twice a year
5: um,
9: it's a it's another tourist trap in the area.
5: That oh, sounds like fun, but you can't be you, you can't you, you can't be eating at Phillips though. Yeah,
9: Phillips restaurant is pretty much the place to go for seafood in general. Yeah, especially crabs.
2: So do you go swimming in the ocean much? Uh, no. <laughs> really? Ocean in the ocean? Is there? Hose
5: for- I, I did on the the few times I've been to Ocean City. Uh, I, I've uh, gone swimming in the ocean. I never got hurt.
2: So, Rob, tell me something that you would like people to know about you or Mike check radio or um, one of your favorite things about Baltimore and what are the things that you don't like about it? Hmm. I, I'm putting you on the spot.
9: I yeah, guess that was three about, questions. Yeah, talking about Baltimore is kind of weird. It's like, I have to uh, like talk about it in third person, almost. You know, talking about your home is kind of weird in general. Um, basically, Baltimore, as much as as, as much as it, it kind of the water seems true. I mean, there are there are times when it's like, I've still have not seen the water. Fun fact. Rob Poole has not seen The Wire. I started watching wow, it. What that. about how What about how much life on the every street? Every season. And the reason why I have not watched it is because I live here. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of places in Baltimore that look look like what what you know is in The Wire. And um, and
5: to be fair, Rob, I've not watched Hot in Cleveland either. Hmm. It. hmm, I'm not sure what else I can say about it.
9: Now, talking about me, personally, um, I am an actual socialist. I was a socialist before Bernie Sanders was cool. Um, I'm going to repeat something that I said last night. Um, I am a Bernie Sanders supporter, but I would really like to, to see him um, on the campaign field to champion and not only champion, but also to explain to America exactly what socialism is and what it isn't. Um, it's something that Bill Maher pushed him on Friday night when uh, he interviewed him on Real Time with Bill Maher. Uh, he, the thing you have to understand about socialism is that there is an American tradition, an American element to socialism. It's not this thing that, just, that only exists in everywhere else. You know we do have a tradition here in america with medicare with social security um and considering the fact that so many of our so many citizens of our nation consider themselves to be christian um it seems strange to me that this we live we live in a time when there is an active political party that is Demonizes people that are in need of help. You know, I mean, that was basically, I'm an atheist. I'm an, and I'm as atheist as it gets. um, More so than Kenny. But it's strange to me that these people don't actually do what the good book says, you know, love thy neighbor, et cetera, et cetera. It always impresses me.
5: I will take you to task. You're not more of an atheist than I am. <laughs> hmm. How can I one? How can I, I, one, How can I, I, one not I can argue with you on that? How can one not believe I, more than the other?
9: Well, let's just put it this way: I gravitate between. I tolerate your existence. Your existence and. Religion is the root of all evil. Well, and on the other day, I, I I go between the two.
5: Well, anyway, we don't need to quantify it, but anyway, I, we should move along.
9: Yep. What else is in the news? All right, Joey. Huh?
2: Well, did...
6: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 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 done. I'm done. It was How about you? Time, you, know, Rob. Really nice I'm learned, talking you too. Things. Yeah, I learned some things about Baltimore that I didn't know. So that's just, that's cool, man.
2: So did you hear the story about uh the guy that we just talked about, Ford, in prison? No, I haven't heard of him. Oh, we just talked about him. All right. <laughs> what about uh what else did you like to talk about? How about
5: Rand Paul not knowing what live stream is?
2: I thought
5: that was good. <laughs> and the funny thing with this
9: too is Rand Paul is not that much older than most of us, so you would think that he would at least be a little bit more internet savvy, just a little bit. Uh, it, it kind of fun, it, it kind of amazes me how how a guy his age can still not understand the internet. I mean, I can understand why an older person like, say, John McCain or Lindsey Graham might not quite get what live streaming is. But, you know, Rand Paul was only 30-some years old when, the you know, the Internet became a thing.
5: Well, the and, and look at this. Uh, he is just about the same, almost the same exact age as President Obama. Um, and look at... And how- he, he's the Internet he is the internet president. Yeah, and I mean, he how? how yeah, how is it that his hand, he has handlers that are that dumb that can't help him un, and hold his hand a little bit better?
12: But well, I mean, this is Rand Paul we're talking about, Kenny. You you actually expect him to hire intelli- stupid Superman's not going to find
9: smart help. True. True. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it also says a lot about his campaign financing, his, his finances. You know, how much money he has to spend. Um, his campaign is probably not doing so hot. Tom Petty wrote a song about it called Free Fallen.
12: Uh-
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who is it that has $30,000 and that's it? Is that Chafee?
5: Yeah, I think that's Chafee.
2: That
5: chafes my butt.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, he's t- he really is a Republican, but the same I think with Webb. But I
9: don't oh, Webb, definitely. J.P. is just
2: J.P. is just
5: weird. He has some good <laughs> ideas. He has some good ideas, but he's just uh, he, he's so unpolished it's not even funny. I I have enough.
2: Well, I do have another story here that involves religion. Would you like to hear that one, Robert? Sure. All right. This comes out of uh, a Republican, and um, I'm pretty sure it's out of Tennessee, actually.
6: Ooh. Mm.
2: Yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> that guy. <laughs>
2: you well, you that have uh, Robertson County, and um, I'm pretty sure it's Ken- Tennessee. Uh, and a butt. Let me get back here. Uh, State senators from Wilson and Robertson counties want to ensure that parents' access to instructional materials are related to the teaching of Islam. We have received reports that parents are being refused access to materials used in the seventh grade social studies regarding the teaching of Islam. So... What they've de- yes, Tennessee. We want to remind all Tennessee school districts, the law is very clear that teaching materials of any grade should be made available to parents or legal guardians. So what had happened was um, these people, the Center for Law and Justice, have um, been asking for how is Islam taught in schools. So, you know, the Center for Law and Justice isn't what exactly we think it would be. So, the Beavers and Roberts said the records request shouldn't impact parents' access to instructional materials. But what they're doing is saying that anything that has to do with Islam on it has to go through these groups to make sure that it doesn't um, teach about the major religions And, of course, in school and civics, you do teach that. I mean, that's just what happens. So what they're saying is they want the Council for American Islamic Relations. They had asked them, would you come in and give us just kind of a brief overview? It's not teaching religion. It's just what is Islam all about? So they did, the center did. And the publication isn't designed to be used for social studies texts for other students. It's just a publication designed to promote a and learning environment for Muslim students who are often bullied in schools. It's designed for educators themselves to understand religious requirements like praying or fasting. And they have supplementary resources. However, you have someone in Tennessee Sheila, but that decided that they were going to, she put out um, legislation that would prevent religious indoctrination in public schools, which that sounds pretty good, but (laughs) Christians have a habit of, you know, kind of pushing their stuff where it really doesn't belong. What she Mm -hmm. wants to do is stop the Islamic proselytizing going on in high school and the world history classes where students are taught. You know, that Muslims worship Allah and Muhammad is their prophet. You know, to her, that's indoctrination. She said the law needs to be more clear in prohibiting teaching about religion before it is age-appropriate. She doesn't want any mention of Islam before 10th grade. Well if yeah. you're teaching oh, the Middle East, you're going to have to mention the religion within that area. But to teach the doctrine is another thing. It's just a bill about balancing the teaching of religion in education. So if this law passes, it's probably not going to do a whole lot because there's nobody being indoctrinated into Islam.
5: It's, you know what? It's, it's but, really terrifying, though, that they do worship a God named Allah, and people in South America worship a God named Dios.
2: Yeah, I mean, and you got a minister, meal. a minister saying, "I want everybody to fail," so the history exams on purpose so they can stand up for Jesus.
12: Yeah. Well, well yeah, but that that F will should stand on their records, and you know, when someone looks and says, "Oh, you got an F in World History." Well, you know, it sucks to be you when you try to get into college. But, I mean, it's no surprise that a woman with the last name of Butt would be a total asshole. What's us look the There's a reason why she wants to make it so you don't learn about other you know religions until 10th grade and that's because that if you're raised as a christian by the time you get to 10th grade you're pretty well set in your ways for the most part you're unlikely to change and so they want their children to live in this bubble where they're not exposed to alternative ideas because their brand of faith is so ridiculously weak that simply learning about another religion jeopardizes that bubble you know, I, I, I study mythology as a hobby. I've been reading, mm-hmm. I've read, read Bullfinch's mythology when I was 10. Guess what? I don't believe in Zeus. Oh. I know Perseus didn't, there wasn't a Gorgon named Medusa, and Perseus didn't kill her. There's no such thing as Pegasus.
5: And it's Heracles, not it's Hercules. Hercules.
6: Thank you! It's Thank you!
5: What'd you say, Joey?
6: These people will say. These people will say, say do anything to get fucking attention, man.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: You uh, know, from so these crazy, crazy ass minions of theirs, man. Minions, it's unbelievable. i fucking believable.
4: Yeah. And, oh. and you know, The funny right. thing
9: of it is too is in you. We have to remember this because we deal with this specifically, especially with my tech radio. Uh, we know that there, there's the hate machine that will propagate, you know, there's money to be made from doing political stunts like this. Yeah, This lady lady is going to be treated as a hero by guys like Mark Levin and, you know, Michael Savage and so on. Well, Well, it's just like the incident in... Sorry, Janet.
2: I was just going to say one other thing about this woman, and you guys continue. I'm sorry. Um, She is also the one that made the news for having a bill requiring women to wait 48 hours before obtaining an abortion, but didn't like that amendment because it created exceptions for women in cases of rape and incest, saying those situations aren't verifiable. And that Uh, was a remark that she made in a debate over a bill forcing women to wait 48 hours. We have a new candidate for most punchable
12: person in America.
5: Yeah. She's just. Cons- um, I, I
12: was con- oh, sorry, Kenny.
5: I was going to say she's just concerned about she Sheerah.
12: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. Rob brought, brought up the idea of wingnut welfare, and, and the thing about the a lot of these radical Christians is they're really great at playing the victim. We saw we see this with uh, the incident in Oregon with uh, you know the cake baker who broke the law not once. But twice, the first time when they refused service and the second time when they illegally released sensitive personal identification um, uh, information, you know, th- w- what they call on, on the intertubes doxing. And that's what got them these fines. And now they say, nope, we're not going to pay it. <laughs> and they're being held up as heroes. They're not heroes. And, and it never occurs to these people that they're not the victims. They're the victimizers.
9: Yeah, they're they're concerned Christians. They're concerned. They're concerned about the welfare of other people until
5: they can make some money out of it. Concerned funding yeah. is like, concerned.
14: They, yeah.
9: Yeah.
12: It's like, you know, we, we talked about this guy, this prick, Theodore Shubat, uh, a couple weeks ago.
2: Where and is he from, who, Adam?
12: I miss that show. I, I'm sorry. I don't know exactly where he's from, but this is a guy who basically says that if you don't accept... Christianity. If you don't allow yourself to be ruled by its tenets, you should be executed. And he said this not once, not twice, but at least three times. And clips on our program. I mean, it's probably closer to five, Rob. Okay. You know, five different times. Five different. Vi- we've done five different video. You know, clip cut up five different videos from this prick. Where he again, he said, you know, g- you know, if gays refuse to, uh, you know. Uh, except christian you know these people are christian supremacists that that is the best way to describe it they don't want any religion you know except their brand of religion you know just like down here you know we're told, you know down south you know we're good christian people well if you're catholic you're pretty much not welcome yeah, I'm a very our...
6: Christian and I love my gun and my
12: Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you know I know my family's Catholic.
6: Yeah. I mean time my family,
12: My family's Catholic and the closest Catholic church, you know, the only pretty much the only Catholic church in town is on post because for, you know, the military is required to accommodate people of all faiths. Wow. You know, I have my issues with the Catholic Church, but I'd say they're a lot better of an organization in terms of helping the poor. You know, I disagree with a lot of their positions, but they actually do do a lot of what Jesus talked about.
5: Yeah.
2: And, and I forgot to shut my
12: phone off. I'm
5: sorry. No, that's all right. Um, but I tell you what, um, uh, Janet, uh, we, we are going to have to start wrapping things up here.
6: Oh. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that was fast.
2: Thank you, Robert, for coming on. And thank you, Kenny, so much for helping out. I don't know what happened um, technology-wise today, but it's been quite a day. Glad Um, to assist. Adam, thank you. Huh?
5: I said glad to assist.
2: And thank you, Joey, as always. And it was fun, Robert, our battle of the producers, even though I won.
12: (laughs) I, I contest that. I'm sorry.
2: Huh? Census
12: was not. Census was not a valid answer. I'm sorry.
2: Oh really?
5: Wow. <laughs> I think you might have to take this outside.
12: <laughs> I am not that sort of person. I would never physically fight over this sort of uh, yada, Why yada. I
5: know. <laughs> Well, I suppose you, everybody th- this for is listening. this is probably where we do parting shots for everybody.
6: All right, I'm next. Uh, I would like to thank you, Kenny. You know, thanks for hanging in there with us, and I'd like to thank you, Adam. You're the man. I'd like to thank you, Rob. You're the man too. And and you, Janet. You my sweetheart, babe, <laughs> and I and love you. And did too, great Jimmy. tonight. And you did great tonight. <laughs> And I'd like to thank everybody in the chat room and everybody at the Indian Weekly and everybody listening. Thank y'all very much, and I love being here.
2: We love you, too.
5: Uh, I'll go uh, real quick. Uh, Yeah, so uh, everybody, if you want to stick around at 10.30 p.m. uh, Eastern, the Sci-Fi Double feature will be here. Our good friend Theo picked out two classic episodes of X-Minus-One, that we'll be playing tonight. Mm-hmm. One called Courtesy, which is uh, kind of a, a, a race relations, uh, you know, the, oh, you know, the those sad puppy guys, they hate when liberalism or, you know, social consciousness creeps into science fiction. Well, this should be an episode that they hate. And uh, uh, of course, it's called Courtesy, followed by the classic A Pale of Air. Again, two episodes of X Minus One picked out by Theo. And of course, check out Turn Up the Night uh, next Tuesday. And Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. I guess uh, to Adam. Uh,
12: Yeah. uh, Check out my Chick radio next Saturday. We've already got some good stories. And I have to say, though, that story about the perverted Buddhist monk in high heels. Uh, Classic. The podcast will go up soon. Classic. Uh, and, And we learned an important lesson. If you're dressed up as a woman, do not use male pronouns. (laughs) <laughs> if you're speaking Japanese
5: you know there you go and uh, uh so Robert
9: well thank you for having me um I'm glad to be here uh, I also will be on my check radio and that's pretty much it it's time for me
5: to get ready for work there you go and Janet uh, it's your Godspeed, show speed young man it is your show to wrap up.
2: Good night, everybody, and thank you for listening. We'll see you next week when, hopefully, Jonathan will be back.
5: All right, see you in the funny papers, kids.
2: Good night.
12: Go, come. I've got to let you go.
6: Thank you so much. I appreciate night, it, it's wonderful you. To see you. well, yeah. yes, uh-huh, right, great.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: You come back and see me, you hear? Good night, Mama. Good
1: night, Ben. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night,
0: Daddy.
1: Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth.
2: Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jim Bob.
8: Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob.